world where laughter was king on the edge of space. Ludicrous speed! Go! We get together, have a few laughs. Masters of the universe! Ready for this thing? I'm I'm ready. It's time for Adam and Ron's feature presentation. What's the feature presentation? My favorite 20 movie quotes. It's time for feature presentation. We got a new theme song for me to say. Podcast bourbon is dandy. Podcast water is handy. Let's all go to the presentation. That's it. That's it. I'm like, I, I wish we would have been. I wish people could have seen me on that one because I was. I'm sitting here at my at my little setup, and I was literally just smiling from ear to ear because that was just wonderful. That was just wonderful in in a moment. I had to uh, I had to mix it up a little bit. I know we usually do the HBO feature presentation song, but I'm like, you know what? Let's have a little bit of fun. Let's mix it up because these are I, trying times, man. I, I actually one of the things I was going to because I, I hadn't thought about it for a while, <clears throat> um, but I, I've seen lately a number of people talking about nostalgia, um, just nostalgia stuff, mm-hmm. and a couple places I'd seen like the old. Um, like the old Disney one where it starts the blue background and starts making the outline of the white castle, like, you know, oh, the, yeah. the, and it has dun, the music. Dun, dun. Yeah. Like yes. The whole, yeah. And then th- there was another one. I want to say it was, uh, it might've been Paramount. And now our feature presentation. Yeah. yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, you know what? May, that may be something if we can get away with it, that we might have to might have to tinker with just for yeah. some different. And I liked you just came charging out of the gates with that one. That was a total surprise. And I'm like, you know what? This is this is fantastic. I don't deserve this, but I, I got this. You absolutely and I feel, deserve this. You, I you, feel good about life. I do too. I do do. And I hope like, hopefully I bring that on another pandemic. Bring on our listeners. Bring on murder hornets. I don't care. I got this. <laughs> we got this. We got this, yo. We got the let's all go to the lobby present yeah. feature presentation theme. Ah, so that that's my little surprise for you. That was good. Thank you. That is a way to kick off an episode. That is a way you kick off an episode like properly. Yeah. Okay. So in case you didn't get from the jingle that I so horribly ad libbed, uh, this is a, another. I don't know if this is necessarily a moments type episode, but it gets it's like a cousin to the moments. Yes. Uh, we're going to be doing 20 of our favorite movie quotes. So more or less what we're going to do is going to be another like listen along. Like, you know, we'll talk about the scene a little bit. Then we'll have the clip and we'll actually listen to the quote. Uh, for those uh, listening at home, uh, there is no video component. Once again, there won't be for quite some time. Who knows if, if there will be in 2020, the way things are going, <laughs> we may you know, try and get a zoom session or something going when we have time. But for the time being, it's just audio only. So I, with- I would love, I would love to try and mentioning zoom. I would love to see if we could get, see how many of the extemporaneous cinemasters that don't mm, join us mm. on the regular if we could get something where we could get as many of of our group together in one setting, even if it was something short. 
I know white machetes on board. We've had some talks offline about that. She's willing to do that. And I think that Matt is another guy who yeah. could, could be, I think the major restriction is just, do you have the equipment? Yeah. You know, like we've, we've invested heavily to, to we put are. out a we're quality investors. product. We we've invested, you know, like we're the sole investors. We have other people who, are, who have an interest in, in the cinemasters and we love that. We yes. love having our own little view askew universe. We uh, do. But you know, when it comes down to it, we can't expect people to spend, to drop a good chunk of change on, you know, quality mics and recorders yeah. and, and everything. It takes a little uh, doing. Takes a little doing, but you know, white machete already has some of that equipment, so we we can we can leverage that, and yes. and Matt I think does too. So uh, whether we whether we can happen. get four KJ involved or not, even if they just were like call in on a phone or something, you know, if we had a a sketch, if someone just <laughs> just a crude drawing, not even the one we paid for that <laughs> right. looks wonderful. But if a we crude could get that four KJ one we paid for, but then have like yes. the green screened out mouth hole. From like yes. the Conan O'Brien Like sketches. the Conan, yes. <laughs> that would be wonderful. I love it. I love it. We could just pretend it's them. We can we yes. put words into their mouths, literally. Exactly. Uh, but, but for now, it's just us. And uh, uh, I, I don't know exactly. This This is the part where I introduce myself as Ron Avis, the host on the left, the rental king and the one who drinks. And this is when I introduce myself as your host to the north, Adam Peterson. And I know things. And with those introductions out of the way, I can I now have that excuse. Like, I don't even know where I was going with that. It doesn't matter. I, one of the things that I was just thinking, because we've uh we've been um regularly hitting it kind of on the on the on the top end of uh of when we're jumping into the stuff, some of the housekeeping things. Right. <clears throat> one of the things I was gonna say um with some of these lists that we're doing cuz we're compiling all of these YouTube clips and and things like that of uh, because we don't have that video um the component that we normally would outside of uh, the apocalypse <laughs> is maybe one of the things that we could do with some of these lists is we could compile them and we could put them on our brand spanking new website we could make a post can we do that where we put all of these YouTube clips into Oh a that's post a great idea yeah could... we could just like I, you know what I may I may look into doing that just so that, and just, just have a package. Yeah. Um, but here, but it, it brings me back to my point where I was going to make, I didn't get there, but I was going to like, it's, it's kind of nice to have, not have YouTube breathing over your shoulder with like it is. Know, having clips and like, they're like, no, 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 you can't have that. We're going to take you yeah. off. So, but, but if I were, if it were to be hosted on our actual web page, Yes. I don't know. If we I'll just look had a into list it. of here's the clips. I'll look into it. Even if, if we just did a if we just did lists with URLs you can click on, maybe that's yeah. enough. Maybe yeah, if we just put enough. the link, say, hey, if you want to go out, if you've listened to our most recent episode and you're curious to see some of these, here's the links for you. It's or like a golf if course. when you're doing your summaries, if you just wanted to yes. go ahead and do that extra mile and include I could links do that. in there, maybe maybe we could. Do I could that include as well. links in the summary. But we can we'll get this out to our people. But what? But one thing that I was when I was uh, releasing the um, most '80s moments episode, I was actually really pleased at how uh, well it was. It came together, even though we're not like together. You know, like you, you know, you'd send me the clips, we'd have a conversation about a clip, then we'd play the clip, and it just came together so nicely. I was very pleased with how that turned out. So I have every bit of confidence in the world that we can make this quotes episode work just fine. We're very professional. 
we should be getting paid. We probably should be. Patreon.com slash BitGeeks. Give us some money, That's, folks. You could give us some money. <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't turn it down. I don't feel like we've really earned the money because you know we don't have any perks necessarily. But if if you if you give us money up front, we'll think of some perks. We'll make it worth your while. It'd be like the Hurley boy. Let the boy sleep in your bed. <laughs> yes. Good old uh Oh, it was Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. Good stuff. Good stuff. Which, I mean, I feel like if there was ever really a duo on Saturday Night Live, we would be the Sandler-Farley. Would we embody the Sandler-Farley? <laughs> I think we would. You are the Sandler and I am the Farley. I get to I be the that, Sandman? Oh, you're the Sandman. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you yeah, so much. I'm, I'm, I'm Farley all the way. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, sir. No. At all. Except he's dead. That's true. That's true. But other than that. <laughs> yeah, outside of him being dead. Um, and you know what? We haven't mentioned in a while um, that we are an anti-suicide um, uh, podcast. If you're you like... Know, just remembering Jonathan Brandis. Remembering Jonathan Brandis. Uh, That's what we, we haven't done that in a while. Brandis. Don't do it because... Don't do it. We were not for suicide. We're if you're, against it. And and right now, it's no joking matter. If you're... No. Be, being, being stuck inside a lot... Uh, if, if you are a depressed person, you know, like suicides, I haven't really heard the numbers necessarily, but one would imagine that suicide rates are on the rise. Uh, we're here to tell you right now, don't. Don't. We joke about it a lot because we joke about a lot of things, but this is kind of, this is our moment to be a little bit serious and have a PSA that things are kind of nutty right now. And if something, if you're feeling a little Jonathan Brandesy. Do some do something about it. Yeah, so there's people you can call, people you can talk to, because we're against suicide, a hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent. Exactly. I'm gonna up you. I'm gonna up you. Give you another ten. We are going to go into mathematic impossibility <laughs> in how much we are against suicide. Remembering Jonathan Brandis, and taking the opportunity of of our PSA, I'm gonna go ahead and you mentioned housekeeping. Uh, yes. Check us out in our feed. We have our own feed now for Cinemasters. We got a Universe. feed. If you're just, if you're just, you know, if you're mooching off the old Big Geek Podcast feed, stop it. Don't right now. Stop just it. Quit it. And, stop uh, doing just, that. Just do a search for Cinemasters Universe, and we got our own feed. Subscribe to that feed. Leave us a nice review. Give us five stars. Tell us how good we are because I need, I need that. I need validation. I have low self esteem, people. I need. You I to have tell no self esteem. <laughs> I don't even remember what self esteem feels like. <laughs> We need to feel happy and optimistic, like the image yeah. portrayed by Adam in our wonderful, beautiful artwork that we paid good money for. Yeah, what it looks like I should be feeling like, but <laughs> who knows? Who really knows? But we know that's not the case. No, we do. So, we know. But with that out of the way, for sure, check out our our website. We have our own www.cinemastersoftheuniverse.com website, which is fantastic. You can get our podcast there, and you can also get some supplemental material, some like bonus stock material tips. If you want. You get yeah. stock tips. Mm-hmm. No, Probably. no, I don't. No, no not, not necessarily. Not a, no, no stock you, tips. No stock tips. <laughs> but you will. Here's get some, a stock tip I will give you: um, buy low and sell high. Indio so if you come oats. into I'm yes, going to tell you, you come right into a now. situation, <laughs> if you can buy at a low price and then wait for that price to go up to where it is much higher mm. and then sell at that higher and then price, get out then. then you will make money. And that is a tip from me. Is that, is that how you become a successful stockbroker? 
That's how you, that's, yep, that's how people do stocks. Holy shit, I've been doing it the other way. I've been buying high and selling low. That's, see, what you needed was a tip. You needed a tip to know how to do it. And we've given that to you. Who knew that you would get valuable, invaluable stock tips? Financial planning with the Cinemasters. Once again, folks, we've buried the lead. This is not a movie podcast. This is an investing podcast. The whole time. It was all (laughs) leading up to this moment when we revealed we are going to help you retire early, probably. I don't know. I don't know how old you are. You could be younger or older than we are. In fact, you probably are. (laughs) If you're a little child, you should probably have... You're never too young to start. You're never too young. You to should start. be, even Stop if you're buying a fetus. baseball cards. I'll let yes. you know right now. It's not going to lead anywhere. It's not going to pay off. <laughs> Trust not. me. I got so many of them, <laughs> and I'm not doing anything with them. Not worth the paper they're printed on. No. But there's a there's a there's a many a fine mustache in those cards though. though oh, there's a lot of great mustaches <laughs> from the 80s and 90s. Oh my. So. Should we should we get this show on the road, sir? Let's get the show on the road. Yeah. Without any further ado, that is the appropriate amount of ado. That is the appropriate amount of ado. So, who should lead things off here in this in this episode? I I, f- I feel like I did did didn't I last time? Did I start off last? You time? You may have. The... I, and, I, okay. and I'm happy yeah. to I'm happy to start things off. I here. think I think I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you run with it. Okay. So. One of my one of my favorite funny things about the uh, episode I was mentioning earlier about the f- most eighties eighties moments were the unexpected YouTube ads. Uh, I'm still not paying for YouTube Red. I mentioned that I might As go no ahead and pre-download these clips and not be worried with that. But the reason I didn't end up doing that was because I actually had the links uh, in YouTube. You know, like in YouTube when you when you share a link, you can bookmark a certain like time stamp. And you can have I, it yeah, start playing sounds... at that point. Like I have all my links to that. Whenever when I download it, I have to, I would have to f- to fast forward to the point. I don't want to do that because I'm lazy. I I don't blame you. <laughs> so I'm just I just want to let our listeners know that you will be bombarded with ads for things that you have no use for, like mustard, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 ball shaving clippers, that yeah. kind of thing manscaping whatever they want to call it you're you're shaving balls you're, yep. you're trading in in ball hair really when it comes to the down to it that's that's what we're that's what we're bringing to you so oftentimes what we like to do is we like to set parameters give give thoughts on where our minds were when we're putting these lists together um we keep it a little loosey-goosey for these types of things we yes. don't we don't try to force one thing like uh, you know like a strategy on the other because sometimes when we we do that like it might backfire we might get some overlap it can we haven't had any overlap in a little while so this is let's see if we can't keep that streak going keep it um, alive so when i think when i'm picking out my uh, 10 clips and you have 10 clips and I, i'll i'll be honest with our audience i have seen your clips and we once again have no overlap which is great. But, yes. but when you think about it, you would not expect overlap. There's so many movies and so many quotes. I think it'd be really impressive if we're like, oh, crap, all 10. We overlapped on all <laughs> How 10. How did we nail that? Of every movie quote that is available in the pantheon of all films ever made, we picked the same 10. We joke, but I'm still floored by the fact that we picked the same trivia junket category. 
We did. That was amazing. We did really great with it. And even some of the same, We I think we had an overlapping question, didn't we? We had one overlapping question. Yeah, the Terry Gilliam. Fant- yeah. yeah, fantastic. <laughs> 12 Monkeys, yeah. which I would have not known that if I hadn't researched it prior. But that's okay. I got the credit. Uh, so, so, but just, just to kind of let you know where my mind was when I'm, when I'm picking my quotes, I did not necessarily pick, you know, when you think lists and rankings, we don't do the rankings in the top 10. We've kind of steered clear of that. Yeah. I personally have learned that it's not a good idea to, to just spin your wad, just blow your load on ranking your, your list. Because when it comes to movies, your list could change from day to day, you know, depending on how you feel. So let's not rank things. We're just, we're just going to come up with some, some quotes just that mean something to you. And what I'm getting at is I didn't necessarily pick famous quotes from movies like, you know, like, do you feel lucky punk or, you know, we are the knights who say knee, like, you know, like quotes that are famous. Like if you quotes, were to do it, but yes, very famous quotes, very famous quotes. N- none of these really fit that. These are quotes that I, I, I picked quotes that I use in my day to day life. Uh, quotes yes. that I use as sort of secondhand, whether it be with my best friends or with my kids or with my wife, just something that means something to me. Like, and a lot of times these are just sort of throwaway lines that make me laugh. And every single one of my quotes are comedies. I noticed. And, and speaking further onto that, just, just to continue with that, you know, like that, like I'm looking at myself and I'm evaluating myself as a person, like every one of my, like a lot of these are just dumb comedies, sophomoric type comedies where I, I just, I pull quotes out of those and they just stuck with me and I love saying them no matter how many times I hear it. If I'm watching the movie, uh, when it comes to the scene, I'm mouthing it. I'm saying it along with the movie. I'm ruining it for whomever's watching it with me. (laughs) I don't care. These are just 10 can't miss quotes for me. And rather than just playing only the quoted part of my pick in some of these clips, we'll, we'll, we'll let the scene play out a little bit, you know, cause some, you need a little texture to the, to the quote yes. sometimes, you know, you need a little context to lead up to the quote. So that, that's how I wanted to begin this topic. Uh, in, in a, a lot of times, like when I do get to start off, I try to pick something strong. I try to come out of the gates, you know, strong, and so I'm going to do that with this pick. Um, th- these are not in any order of favorite to, to least favorite. These are just random, but they're all favorites of mine. So my first, from 1995, the breakout Adam Sandler comedy, Billy Madison. Great uh, film. So quotable. Infinitely quotable. Oh, absolutely. From beginning to end. there You, you can find a hilarious quote. It's difficult to pick just one and on any given moment I could have picked a different quote but I will the reason this this, this quote is significant um, and I'm trying to think of the uh, who is the actor I want to give this actor credit um, I can't I who can't find him I can't find him the quote and I'll just give you the quote maybe you know the name of the person but the scene is at the end of the movie, of course, if you if you're familiar with if you're not familiar with Billy Madison, it's about Adam Sandler. He's you know the spoiled son of a of like a, a man who has a, a whole 
empire hotel of, of hotel. Yeah, he has a hotel chains, and he's he wants to leave this empire to his son, if at all possible. Like you know, you build up the business. It's it was his dream to leave it to his son, but his son just happens to be a moron. He's this kind of like layabout moron who's more mostly interested in getting his 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 monthly nudie magazines and getting drunk and chasing it's nudie him. magazine day. He's got these layabout, these loser friends. He's completely taking advantage. He's he's squandering every advantage that he's been given. And uh, laying in wait is the um, Bradley uh, Whitford character, Eric. And uh, he's he's he wants to take control of the company. He really is more deserving of it. <laughs> Even though he's a douche. He's a total douche in his balls show when he falls over in his short running shorts. <laughs> Did you see that guy's balls? <laughs> yeah. It was weird. That's what I'm talking about. There's so many quotes. But 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 I I and I'm sorry, I can't think of the character actor's name, but at the end of the movie, and the, you know, like there it's it of course it ends on this ridiculous competition winner gets to take the company. And uh, it it comes down to this quiz like this question and there's a there's a there's a guy who's a very deadpan actor and he's administering the questions and um you know billy he gets asked this question and he he comes up with what he thinks is this really intelligent well thought out answer about uh the uh, the scene with miss lippy when they're talking about the dog and you know like you know you know the scene i'm talking about of course oh yes so, oh, yes. Yeah, so the scene that I, I wanted to recognize first, my first scene, is the response of the question uh, administrator. I don't even know, like the game show guy. Like, he, was he a principal? He might have been a principal of the high principal, school. He was the principal, yes. He was the principal of the high school. His, his response, it, it, it's, I, I say it all the time, not the entire quote, but especially the very but end. the meat of it. The meat of it, yeah. Anytime yes. like, I hear something really dumb in the news, I'll say this line, this quote, and it's like, you know, like we're all have dumb, we're all dumber for have hurting, listen to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Like that whole quote. James Downey. Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. (laughs) At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything. That could be considered a rational thought. His delivery is perfect. Everyone in this room <laughs> is now dumber for having listened to it. I award, I award you, you no, no points. points. <laughs> and may God have mercy <laughs> on your soul. That is such a classic line in my home, in my family, in my friends, my circle of friends. Anytime anyone says something dumb, that quote instantly comes to mind. Oh, and I, I use it so often. And it's it's 25 years old now, and uh, I, I just love it. And if, if all the quotes that you could have pulled from the Billy Madison movie, it's not even Adam Sandler. It, it's that yeah. guy. James Downey. So thank you thank you so much for pulling up that actor's name. I want to give him full credit because yeah, I don't know what else he's been in. He was a writer on Saturday Night Live for a number of years. Was he really? Okay. Yep. He he delivers that so perfectly, just so perfectly. Oh, I don't, absolutely. I, don't, I, would love, I bet he just did that take once, and they were just like, that's it? <laughs> and of course Adam Sandler is like a simple no it would have survived <laughs> he so. he was also he was one of my favorite guys in uh, Dirty Work <clears throat> when um, it was towards the end when they needed the uh, homeless guys to uh, 
to cause a ruckus. Oh, was he and, one of the uh, homeless guys? He was one of the, he's like, what? oh, you probably think we're those crazy homeless guys <laughs> that, uh, like, no, we're really more the uh, life has beaten us down. Yeah, you're right. We, we you're right. I can see it now. I can totally and see it like, now. Uh, how about two bucks? And then they start running around. <laughs> and then, yeah, they like a uh, smash that. cut to them running. <laughs> yes. He's so, great. So that's that's my uh, that's the the quote that I chose to kickstart this this topic. That, twenty that twenty quote. awesome quotes. Twenty that 20 is an favorites. awesome quote. Thank you, thank you. What what was your uh, number one? What do you, what do you choose to kick this this uh, segment off with on your end? My my number one, um, uh, and this is I think really and truly I think this is going to shock a lot of people. I think people are going to be like, <laughs> "What? I I truly did not see this coming." <laughs> this was it. I was blindsided by this selection. Uh-huh. Uh, it's from Casablanca. No, I'm it's uh <laughs> it it is from one of my favorite movies of all time, uh Deadpool 2. Okay. Okay. Shocking. And it's towards, Schindler's towards list. the beginning. <laughs> Schindler's list. Hilarious. This, oh, I laughed the entire time that I paid attention. <laughs> well, not all of your 20. quotes are from comedies though. No, so. no. I and I guess I should back up a little bit cuz I did. I did a similar. Uh, mine's mine's kind of a mix of some of my favorite quotes mm-hmm. from movies, just ones that like they've just resonated with me, and then some of the ones are ones uh, I, where I'm in, a, in the same kind of place where it's like these are things that I just say. These yeah. are things that are, are just so ingrained in. You've adopted me it. It's just that, part yes. of you. <laughs> and it, and even some of some of them even go so far as to they're just fixtures within my family. Mm-hmm. Like everybody uses this one or everybody uses that one. So right, right. <clears throat> I was like, I can't wait to hear some of the, the stories, you know, like anecdotally, yes. like from some of these quotes because I imagine there might be some. There, yes, there, there are there are a couple here that uh, just jump right off the page of me. But my my first one. I had to go, and I, I had. There's, there's no order. There's no. They're not ranked. Same, same kind of thing. I think right. we're both of the same opinion that ranking just pigeonholes you. And with as many movies as we watch, right, and as many things as we take in, it's, it's, it's an ever changing landscape to just say these are my favorite quotes. Like there's too many movie quotes to be yeah. able to say these are my favorites. So right, but in establishing a list, I was like, Deadpool is clearly going to be on my list because I love the first and second Deadpool movies. And this, this one, uh, it's, it, I, I get the question. So I was like, Oh, do you like the first one or the second one better? And it's like, it's, it's like saying, which one of my kids do I love more? It's like, I just, you can't appreciate the second one without the first one, but there were so many things that they did bigger in the second one that they, they, they couldn't in the first one because it was an origin story. So this this was one of my favorite lines, and it's towards the beginning of the movie where um, Wade is is picking up where he left off from the first one. He's he's a he's a full time mercenary. He's 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 got his revenge, and now he's he's making his money. And uh, I, I just I love um, I love just the way that Ryan Reynolds <laughs> delivers dialogue. Like I could just listen. I mean, I I own documentaries that I could not care less about, but mm-hmm. he's the narrator on him. And I yeah. just love listening to his voice. He's just, he's got a great voice. I love voice the way the he way enunciates he, words. He, it is. It's just, I mean, and the way that he chooses words yeah. and knowing that he ad libs things and knowing that he goes over and, and just does these so many times. And so, and especially the way that he does that with profanity. It's one of those, <laughs> like, there's just, there's such a flair because Anybody He's can an artist. slap down. Yeah. Oh, he really is. <laughs> Anybody can slap down a four-letter word, you know, and and emphasize a point or you know just 
and, and some people do it with with um, such a casual tone that it, it just it loses the flair of the dialogue. And I think that's one of those things with Ryan Reynolds, why he really is such uh, on such a hot streak now, is because he 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 believes in his craft and mm-hmm. applies that so well. So this is this is him getting uh, getting ready for um, which I think I used this the the same. Uh, this was the lead up to the scene in the um, scenes that were enhanced by yeah, music. Yeah, that yeah. This, this actually, this scene ties into a previous pick from our uh, music, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there's continuity there. This there is, is some continuity. That's maybe an Easter egg. I don't know if you would, <laughs> would consider that. If you like that. playing so along. This is, um, this is, uh, and I'll, I'll, you can go ahead and just roll it because I right, think yeah, that's I'll the best roll setup. roll this right now. Let's see if we get an ad. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> I love his voice. <laughs> I don't speak Cantonese, Mr. Well, I'm not even going to attempt that. But I did take eighth grade Spanish, so... Donde esta biblioteca? Which literally translates to... I don't bark. I don't bark. I don't bark. It's just... Boom. Such a great... Great line, because it's one of, like... That's just that's not an insult. That's not something that just gets thrown around, right? And so, it, just the conviction, you know, it's like oh, the the really brings out the sex trafficker in your eyes. Just the, <laughs> the way he subtly insults people. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's masterful. It's Chevy Chase like. It really is. He is a modern day Chevy Chase, right? And and I I when I nearly casted him as Ty and, and Caddyshack, I was like, this is almost yes. too on the nose. It, yeah, <laughs> it's almost go. like cheating. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna have to go with John Mulaney here, just because it's a bit a bit out uh, unseen. You can see him coming. Yeah, but, uh, Ryan. I've I've been a huge fan of Ryan Reynolds for a while. I mean, I was, you know, I was obviously on board with him when like Van Wilder was a thing, and he was yes. a lot of people knew him from that. I knew he was on a TV show, and he's in some other things before that, but. Uh, I think Waiting was the first movie that I truly, truly, really, really loved Ryan Reynolds. And uh, there, there were some quotes that I nearly pulled out of that movie for my list. But didn't make it. Didn't make the cut. He's maybe, a very maybe quotable Maybe future guy. iterations. He's great. He's great. Yes. Okay. Um, All right. So, yeah, we got to kick things off with Deadpool, right? <laughs> we kick, we, I think we've kicked things off very strongly with both of our initial quotes here. I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, so, my next quote memorable quote is from a movie that again a a lot of my picks are from movies that just are filled with quotable moments and uh in 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 the early 2000s a movie that a lot of people fell in love with and it, it almost became obnoxious to the point where like everybody started loving it and you're like it's like when you like find an indie band you're one of the yes. first people to discover that band and you love them. And, but then like ever, like even the lame, like just ordinary day to day, like your grandma starts to love yeah, that like, band. No, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. This is mine. Don't take this away. So, but th- this could easily be like that. This could be an analogy for this movie, but I, I was on it from day one and I, I still quote lots of things from this movie. And you and I even quote uh, at least one thing that I know of from this movie. Uh, it's from the 2004 comedy, the, the Jared Hess comedy, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, it, I was curious if this one, I toyed around <laughs> with it because like I was obnoxious 
Yep, when that movie too. came out, I just quoted so much because it's such a quotable movie. Oh my God. It's good for nothing else but quotes. Oh, it's just ripe with quotes. And I, I promise, I promise you, the audience, I will return to Napoleon Dynamite for future iterations because there's yeah. so many. It's like picking your favorite kid. You you kind of can't. Yeah. But I, I landed on uh, the one that I use the most day to day with at home. And uh, it's it's one of my favorite dumb insults ever. And you you get a little bit of um if, if you watch the um like supplemental material like the the DVD commentary those types of things, the actor who plays Kip, um, is it uh was a uh, Aaron Rule Rule yeah yeah I think he was one of the main writers one of the main creators of Napoleon Dynamite. I think a lot of the inspiration like came from him in his day to day life. And uh, so th- there's there's a bit of a story behind this, but I won't I won't further tease this. This is this is where you meet Deb. Uh, the, OK, this the, is where I was hoping it was going. <laughs> I was like, oh, please let it be. Please let it be. It is. And, it's, it yes. totally is. It's it's like one of my it's it's my favorite insult when I when I'm it's when I'm insulting so somebody. <laughs> it's so weird. I love in that one scene, too, if you're paying attention to when Napoleon, he calls home and he's talking to Kip because he's trying to get a hold of his grandma because he doesn't feel good and he wants to come home. And Kip is making nachos. Nachos. He's shredding cheese on the chips. <laughs> he's just shredding cheese the whole and, time. And he's just shredding cheese. And you get to the like the first couple times he goes back and forth and cuts to him is like a normal amount of cheese. And then like the third time it cuts back to Kip, like he shredded an entire like 32-ounce <laughs> block, block of cheese, cheese <laughs> on top of these chips. And you're like... If you're not paying attention, you wouldn't notice it. It's just one of those things, like, after you watch the movie 400 times, you're like, oh, my gosh, look at all that cheese. And here we have some boondoggle keychains, a must-have for this season's fashion. Already made, like, affinity of those at scout camp. <laughs> well, is anyone else here trying to earn money for college? Your mom goes to college. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> you, you can't see it. Right. But he's, like, it cuts to him. And he just so he like he he does that little like shoulder shrug like he's so satisfied with his dig. He's absolutely completely satisfied with himself. Like he's he couldn't have been like that. That was the burn. <laughs> oh, it totally zinged her. Your mom goes to college. Your mom goes to college. So I may have shared this story with you, and if you're you you may already know this, and our listeners may have already heard this before if they're fans of Napoleon Dynamite and have watched the the commentary. But apparently, like that actually was a real insult slung in a bar. Uh, that that Kip and some friends had, uh, you know, the real life guy, not not Kip yeah. himself, but Aaron. Yeah, they they'd gone to a bar and there was a there was a some some um, you know unsavory folks frequenting the An bar altercation and, apparently, and uh, that that was one of uh, in, there was some insults being hurled and he he heard that and it stuck with him so much so that he had to write it into the movie. So, but yeah, I, Kip Kip is kind of the MVP of the movie. I love he, I love everything yeah. he says. It's like, Don't be jealous of me just because I've been at home chatting with babes on the internet all day. <laughs> like, He's his his lack lackadaisical delivery. Oh, he and you know, I, I'm pretty I love sure she's my soulmate, <laughs> Lafonda, and just and, oh. and then because he after he gets done. Um, giving Napoleon such a hard time in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then he puts on his rollerblades and he's got his rope. He's like, "Nice if you could pull me into town." <laughs> Just 
was just like, oh. It's... They were high writing this movie. They had to be high writing this movie. I, I, I think the thing is, I think that's what culture is like in Idaho. Maybe. I think they're just in such a rural part of the world. Everyone wears the t-shirts with the coyotes on them. I'm just, every, it's like time stood still there and just... That's how life is. Well, that's and another just, thing, too. Like, I was not even convinced that this movie didn't take place in the 80s. Yeah. When I'm watching and, it. And it's not until towards the end of the movie where I'm actually like, oh, maybe this is present day because, like, there's yeah. that sync song or Backstreet Boys song or whatever. Yes. They, they kind of play. And then there's a Jamiroquai song that it's, that's more contemporary. Yes. You're like, oh, shit, this is actually modern day. This is just like you said. These There's time was was paused all the hairstyles and the 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 clothing and the fashion and everything just stayed everything. the same rex quando <laughs> forget about it <laughs> so i i love that movie it's it's the highly it's, quotable from line to line like they don't waste a quote no everything is quote worthy in that movie and it really is but your mom goes to college is is an insult that i use daily almost and uh it is I, up there it means it means a lot to me. So that's my number well two. Should. That that's is a great number. pick. Thank you, thank you. Well, what, what's uh, what would you like to choose for your second pick? Um. All right. So number two for me. Um. It's what's funny is uh, if 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 you've been listening to the, this podcast for any length of time, or if you know me, or you've ever heard me talk about DC Comics, mm-hmm. um, I don't <laughs> typically do so in a favorable light. No, not all. typically. Not typically. Um, I'm not. A, I'm not a big one of fan its of harshest, their... harshest critics. For yeah, sure. I. Their movies deserve a lot of critique because a lot of them are just horseshit. Um, yeah, aside and, from the Batman films, and yeah, not even all Chris of those no, are infallible. Like no, um, the Dark Knight is probably. I mean, Batman Begins is really good. Because mm-hmm. it was a whole new, like that's what yeah. kept Batman from just being a forgotten franchise. The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger Joker was unbelievable. Yeah, and then I, I was a little disappointed because The Dark Knight Rises. You're kind of like, okay, this is gonna. I mean, they're they're doing Bane and they're doing him the right way, not the Batman and Robin way. Yeah, and then and it was like, oh, it's gonna be an epic two and a half hour movie. And like by the time it was over, it's like, okay, I think that I think that was good. <laughs> was that that was it was, was that was that was it good, was right? absolutely good. But was it? The was it the movie we we thought we were gonna get? No, probably it was not, not the pinnacle of the franchise. Like we hit, we hit the. They should have saved Joker for the third movie. I yeah, mean. if they would have done that, then it would have ended on a on a bang. But yeah, it it uh, it hit its high note with the Dark Knight. But I give the them Dark so Knight much Rises credit with... for making the Scarecrow with Killian Murphy so damn oh, yeah. good. And, uh, and he Raja was in all three. Ghoul, I mean, you know, th- that was a great, great movie. That's one of my favorite Batman movies. So the, those those get those get a pass. Those get a pass. And what I mean, I'll give Wonder Woman and Shazam. Those are decent entries that they've had. They, I, it's just I a lot of times, and I'll clarify. I'm really more frustrated for DC fans because Marvel fans we have it so good because every Marvel movie really is just amazing. You're not hatefully or mean spirited when you no. when it comes to your DC criticism. You just yeah, I, I get that. I feel like you're and just the, frustrated for the DC fans. Because the movie, the movies that they keep putting out just aren't good. By and large, they're just. I mean, they and they keep making. And it's it's a, it's a Warner Brothers thing. It's not even necessarily totally a DC thing. It's a Warner Brothers thing because they just involve themselves too much and they just they mess up these movies. But that being said, there are some fringe DC properties out there 
that I really, 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 really like. And one of them is Constantine, which is actually Vertigo Comics, yeah. um, which is under the umbrella of the DC Comics. And um, I probably should have looked up the year. It was 2000-something. I want to say 2005, um, when I'll Keanu Reeves uh, played the, 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 the title character, John Constantine. 2005, and you're right. That, I was like, it's, I feel like 2005 is what it... Because I watch I watch this movie with some regularity. I probably watch this movie once or twice a year. I would say at least. It's the mini um, comeback movie for Keanu, like in between yeah. the Matrix and yep. John Wick. Like this was like that other cool movie that he did. Yeah, it was like it, it got overlooked when it came out. Like nobody really paid much attention to it. But it's when I was like, it's the I mean the action and the pacing. And oh, I loved it. it when it's I first saw really, it. really, really well done. Loved and it. It, it's it's like I love. I love characters that that do just come on the scene and just exert themselves early on and and let you know this is who I am and this is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And it it really it was it was kind of like this is kind of like that that prelude to the Keanu Renaissance mm-hmm. to where okay you could see like he the had, second Keanu Renaissance. <laughs> yes, I was like this is and this is I was like because we had the Matrix and that really changed his whole persona from. Bill, you know, or from Ted, of uh, Bill and Ted and Point Break and that whole, you know, the whoa, that, that yes, guy. that whole yeah. to, okay, this is the Matrix was like, oh, this is a totally different Keanu. We've, we've not necessarily seen this Keanu. This is action star um, Keanu because they yeah, tried to is, give us action star Keanu yeah. in movies like uh, Johnny Mnemonic and uh, gosh, there's some other movies too, like that he was in, yeah. uh, in the late 90s. Prior, like, prior to the Matrix, we think he could do this, but yeah. it just it was never executed well. But Constantine is one of those, and I, what I, what makes me happy is I keep hearing rumblings that they're gonna bring Constantine back. They had a TV show with a different guy that played him, and I know that he's shown back up in other, um, like recent. I think there are are, are shows on right now where the Constantine character is, um intermingled with plot lines and so it's, i'm really it's upset not... with myself for never giving that nbc constantine show a chance because from what i read briefly it was it was pretty good. good it was good oh so you, you can confirm it. you you saw yeah, it I've, yeah i've yeah i i uh i have the there was only one season i have it on my voodoo and i've watched it and i really enjoy it yeah I, it's, I, I've, it's I've a heard different from a couple number of different uh sources it was pretty pretty awesome actually i think it's a lot truer to the comics um the guys he's a uh, a british guy um, and I like him. He's, he's snarky and he, but you know, it's, it's the same kind of, it's a similar feel as Keanu, but with a little bit different take on it. But there's been a lot of talk of reviving Constantine in a, uh, a newer movie. And mm-hmm. a lot of the conversation swirls around. I mean, Keanu is such a huge thing now. Why would we not do, it wouldn't even have to necessarily be a reboot. I would love it we if could they just, could get Shia LaBeouf and Keanu Reeves. That would be fantastic. Oh Yeah. Because what's Shia LaBeouf doing? I mean, he's got he did Peanut Butter Falcon, and he's 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 actually had a little bit of a renaissance now that I think about it. And he's yeah, he's really into artistic because he did uh, Honey Boy, which was kind of a biographical sort of uh, uh, movie that mm-hmm. it didn't didn't do a whole lot. It's on Amazon Prime. It's it's decent, um, mm-hmm. but it's mostly it's kind of like his backstory growing up as a child actor and living with his dad. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's he's not doing much these days, and so it would be great to see Keanu and. I know, even getting Rachel Vice back, um, and, and honestly, um, that would be cool. His, yeah, uh, what's the guy from uh, uh, Gavin Rossdale? He was in, 
he well had, midnight too uh was yeah it? oh yeah Jaman, uh, what's his uh, name? Yeah, Hansu. Hansu however you yeah, say his name. Yeah, yeah. I, I love him. Yeah, there were. I mean, there were a, a number of really solid actors. Um, uh, even uh, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, I just had his name. We had Tilda Swinton in the uh, movie. Tilda too. Swinton. She was great. Um, but there, as um, Gabriel. There, there oh, who so played many. Satan? He's awesome. Yes, uh, I have his name. I love that guy. It. I got to try and find him on IMDb. Hang on. Because he, he's in a number of movies that were like late 90s, 2000s, early 2000s. Oh, he's yeah. in a bunch of stuff. Uh, why is he not like right near the top? Where are you, Satan? Because I also remember him from like Armageddon. He was the Russian. Uh, here he is, Peter Stormar. Peter Stormar, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And it, funny enough, he he landed a lot of those roles. Because studios would ask him if he could do different, like Eastern European accents, mm-hmm. and he would just tell them, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and then he would just do whatever accent. He's like, "I have no idea what somebody from <laughs> Romania sounds like." Yeah, he's like, "I would just do a voice," and they'd say, "Oh, cool." And so he landed a lot of those little roles like that because he just said, "Yeah, I can do that voice," <laughs> and then would do his Peter Stormare. I think this voice. is my favorite role of his. It's so good. Oh, and and it's it's so short, but it's it really is so good that last confrontation. But I my my favorite quote from the entire movie is okay. at the very beginning. There we go. He comes on the scene, and there's this little girl that because he, he's he's an exorcist. He he fights demons. Yep. That's what John Constantly does. And he, he gets brought in, and he's got to salvage this little girl's possessed by a mm-hmm. demon. And he just comes in, and he introduces himself to the the demon that's possessing the girl. And he's just such Here a we badass. Go. Here we go. <laughs> that's really the 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 scene right that's, there i mean and it re- like it, it's just you've got this Asshole. room full of that delivery is oh so keanu because even right after that it cuts to um uh chaz who's played by shia labeouf down in the taxi down in the alleyway mm-hmm. below and he's practicing he's like this it's Chaz, whatever is Chaz. What's his face? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And he's he's doing his own John Constantine like that because he's like it's just such a badass line, and yeah. it is. It's such a great introduction to the character. Keanu nails it, and it Chaz just, Kramer, it, Chaz <laughs> Kramer, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I I, I, th- I love that line. The, the thing about like I really enjoy about this movie is that you're it's there's so much lore to it yeah. that. You're dropped into this story of John Constantine. And if you're a fan, if you're reading the Vertigo comic books, which I wasn't, then a lot of this maybe you're familiar with already. But I, I of course, wasn't. But I feel like it was so fleshed out in the movie. Like, they didn't have to overly explain things. Like, yeah. like there, there wasn't any need for that because you, they, they trusted the audience. Like, you've seen enough scary movie you've seen enough exorcist type flicks you've seen enough um movies of like satan and the devil like you've seen enough movies where we can just sort of trust that you'll piece things together 
Yeah. And it and it because of that, it moves at such a really it moves at this really excellent pace, this really fast pace where they go from one one scene to the next. You know, like he's doing like there's the scene where he's, you know, you're introduced and he he saves the little girl, and there's like the scene where, you know, he he has to meet Papa Midnight and he goes to, you know, into the club and there's like the you know, there's all this the unsavory characters in the club. Uh, you know, it's like there's just it just moves so quickly from scene to scene, and it just it works. I love his his colleagues that he you know like there's the one guy oh, who yeah. kind of provides him with like the dragon's breath and yeah you know like, like his I, cue I, yeah yeah he was kind of like his cue. You only get like one scene with him, but or two. There's a couple scenes. Yeah, but it's you you get their relationship instantly. Uh, and and it, th- there's also the scene where the I think he's I think he's like a he's like an alcoholic and he's kind of another person that he uses. Uh, oh yeah, the priest, the, the other, priest, the other yes. priest, yeah, yeah, F- Father Hennessy. Uh, I I just love all these characters, and Gavin Rosdale is not someone who, you know, he, of course he's the front man of Bush, which was still not not they were way past their heyday by the time this yeah. movie came out but he's still a name he's like married to Gwen Stefani who was still pretty popular uh he 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 was just good enough you know yeah it was it was like this is such a weird choice for this role mm-hmm. but like he i mean it was a small enough role and he worked it well enough you're like yeah. he has okay. he has such an interesting look and that's yeah it's all he had to work with, and uh, yeah. it, it made it work. And and I really enjoyed the Tilda Swinton character, the Gabriel character, was, yes. was really good. The fallen angel, you know. So uh, I, I just I love the lore of this movie. Like I could get lost in this comic book. Like if I ever had time to yeah go and look into a comic book, this this may be one of those ones that I would want to go back and look into, or at least go back and watch the season, the one season we got yeah. from uh, NBC. Because I, I feel like there's just so there there's a lot to work with there, and we just got yeah. a taste of it in the movie. And I, I'm I hope because I I hear rumblings here and there that they're gonna bring they're gonna bring it back to the big screen, and I I do hope they do, and I hope that if if they make that choice that they cash in on the Keanu Renaissance that we're in now. We'll see how the Matrix does. Back. I have a I have a feeling this Matrix movie, this four Matrix four, is gonna be a pretty big hit. If, uh, if they if they just if they just make a good computery action movie mm. that they don't try and explain the matrix. Cause that was where they just lost it. Cause the first oh one was gosh. great. Cause it was just like, yeah. Hey, we're just, we're, we're fighting the computer. Right. You, that's, you gotta, you, your villain is this virus guy inside the computer. Right. You gotta fight him. And that's that. And then they're like, right. well, we should explain the matrix. Like, no, 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 nope. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> that's not the fun that's of the bad movie. idea. It's fun because we don't, un- we don't understand it. <laughs> it's like, Oh, what if we, what if we made all kinds of different parts about a computer, different characters? Like, no, you don't even need to do that. I don't what if want, we I don't meet the that. architect? Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, nope. <laughs> what if there was a little Asian man that had a bunch of keys and that was like, oh, it was like a programmer. Hey, but that, like, no, that, no, 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 that no. little Asian guy gave us one of the coolest like action sequences. I gotta say he, he was great on the bikes. But, oh, and that. like the, the and the the whole what was the was which reloaded was the second one right I think uh, and yeah was reloaded like an yeah and then and what was the hour long Cadillac commercial that they had in the <laughs> you're middle right of that. you're right I was like oh wow ah but I love those guys those like twin oh, guys the, the, with like the, the twin yeah the dreadlock hair it was a great shit. scene yeah it was, it was a great was really scene cool. but it was <clears throat> it was just whew, a little out there. By the time when they yeah. got to the third one, I was just like, "Well, <laughs> like I don't even know what you guys are doing now." I don't even like, know okay, 
it's high tech inside a computer, but they live in a cave and everybody yeah. wears loincloths and they're dancing to tribal. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on here. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so we, we've 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 delved as, as deep into Keanu as we can right yes. now. We, we let's get back to our quotes. Let's do it. All right, so it's my turn. So I'm going to pull up my list of quotes, and I've done two so far. Okay, so my third movie, my third quote comes from a, uh, and you know I had to I had to work this guy in because so many of his movies are so quotable. Um, from the ni- 2004. Another, another 2004 Ted movie <laughs> from Ted Danson, right? <laughs> from Made in America. Yes. Uh, no, no. This is 2004's Anchorman. Oh yes. <laughs> how do you pull I a almost quote? How do you pull a quote from Anchorman? I don't know if you can, but there, there's this one quote that has stuck with me. It it makes me laugh hysterically, no matter how many times I've heard it. And uh, it it's part of the scene. So. You got this great Paul Rudd. Like Paul Rudd was like this actor in Hollywood who was kind of forgettable, you know? He was just there. He was just sort of there. He was this like handsome young guy who was in Clueless and a couple other romantic comedies. But then Judd Apatow got a hold of this guy and he started mining all of this gold from Judd Apatow oh, yeah. uh, from from Paul Rudd. And uh you know, you once you throw in the brilliance of uh, Will Ferrell and uh Steve Carell and uh, who who is the guy that plays Champ? I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, David uh, David Ka- Catcher. Ka- okay. Oh my God, it's like a perfect storm. And then Christine oh, Applegate's yeah. perfect in that too. So th- this comes from the scene where I, I love the whole exchange between uh, Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd, and they're they're talking about like the Sex Panther, and you know, yes. like it's made with you know I, I do the like made from b- uh, bits of real panther, so you know it's good. Like yes. that's, that's a favorite quote of mine as well. Uh, but you know, like each one of the staffs taking their crack at Veronica, they're trying to woo her. Uh, but my, my favorite is the Paul Rudd wooing, and uh, there it's not even like anything he says. Again, it's it's like from like a side character and a throwaway line. But it's the way she says it. Uh, it's the smells like Bigfoot's dick, girl. <laughs> was it Catherine Hahn? Did she deliver that line? Or was it just I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. It for for a minute I thought it might be uh, uh, June Diane Raphael. Oh, kind of yeah. looks like her a little bit, but it's not her either because I went and looked. Okay. So I, I'm not. I forget the actress's name, and her her character is just like horrified news anchor. I think is like what is she's credited nice. as. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like so you know, uh, Brian Fantana he put on the Sex Panther by Odeon, and he's it smells awful, obviously. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, uh, Christine Applegate, she kind of gets a whiff of it. And at that point, things start going south for uh, for old Brian Fantana. <laughs> I'll play the scene. Oh my God. What is that smell? <laughs> oh. That's the smell of desire, my lady. God, no, it smells like, like a used diaper filled with Indian, Indian food. <laughs> oh, Excuse me. You know, desire smells like that to some people. Turd what covered in burnt it hair. Like a turd covered in burnt hair. <laughs> <laughs> smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> That's such a great line. This is worse than the time the raccoon got in the copier. That that scene escalates so greatly. 
Because you got, you know, you got Christine Applegate's hilarious re- reaction to it. Yes. And you know, like the whole like Indian food, the diaper filled with Indian food like line. But then you got Jerry from Rick and Morty in the background. <laughs> he delivers his little line. And then, but then horrified newswoman walks by. Smells like Bigfoot's dick. Like the way she, she is so horrified in the way she delivers that line. And it, it I, comes out of nowhere. And it's like, I'm already laughing so hard. Like my stomach is hurting for like 20 straight minutes. Uh, it, that, that was the cherry on top. That's, that's what made me just like go over the top. And anytime I hear, anytime I have a bad smell, if I smell something bad, I think of it smells like Bigfoot's dick lady. <laughs> well, that was one of, that was one of the things about that movie that was so great is like, because of the ensemble, they would they would take something and they would just keep escalating it mm-hmm. over like every time they hit on anything that was any kind of any kind of anything it was like somebody would do it then somebody would do it better and somebody <laughs> and they would so it was just so because I was I was upset with myself that I waited as long as I did to see the second one because I was afraid that it would oh my God, not so be as good, good. <laughs> and it really was it was so good I was like when because when you were talking about the you know him and Ron going through all the different. Uh, um, colognes that he has. It yeah. reminded me of in the second one when they're going through all the different condoms. His condoms, right? Lou Dobin's Good Time Wiener Pouch. <laughs> the only condom that's made of denim. They no, the movie the movie didn't have like the same resonance. I don't think as, as no, the original it, did. But and it took so long to make. And, it and did. It, they they talked about it for so long. So when it comes out, you you can't help but feel like you're going to be disappointed. And I, I'll admit, the first time I saw it, there was that bit of a letdown moment. Like yeah. it, it had funny parts, but I just it wasn't as good as the first one because the first one is like just the first one was just gold. Yeah, it's just gold. But the more the more times I would watch it in subsequent viewings, the more I began to realize it's it's up. It belongs up there. The, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, you know the you know the call. Bats, chicken of the cave. <laughs> no one, no one calls it that, champ. No one, no one says. That. Uh, so yeah, the, it, the, the one thing a, about the second one that just failed was when they were trying to one up the um, the anchor fight. Yes, uh, the, the when so they that tried to one up that that it didn't was a work. Too much. No, the only the only part of that that I really truly loved was when they had um. Uh, the Stonewall Jackson Stone, line, the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> is it? Are you guys Does really no not appreciating? See that this, this is, is the, the ghost, ghost of Stonewall, Stonewall Jackson. Jackson, and it was John C. Riley that John just C. made Riley. it even better. I'll yeah, see you with the mint julep on the other side. <laughs> Look, he's like delivering, he's like stealing his soul. <laughs> yes, like a Dementor <laughs> from Harry Potter. It was because I think I think Give the problem was soul, surrender your soul to me. <laughs> All of all of those groups, because like in the first one, it was like, oh my gosh, how did they get Tim Robbins to be right, in this movie? Right. BBC. Like, everybody else was kind of believable. It was yeah. like, oh, they got you know they got all the other guys that would normally be in. But then like in the second one, they're like, oh, we got Jim Carrey and who, we got who's Will a who's Smith. who of of legends that we can just get. You know, like and it was like Tina Fey and Amy Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yeah. It's like okay. okay, I was like, it was fun for a second, but yeah. it was like okay, this is a little over the top. I think that's what most people believed Anchorman 2 was going to be the whole thing. Yeah. But re- really, that was the one super indulgent scene they tried to... to like, of course, there was the Six Panther. He throws yes. the Six Panther grenade. Oh, and that was so great. <laughs> that and was then, pretty good. Then Greg Kinnear, when he shows up and uses his psychic powers. Yes. And Ron's like, I knew it. I knew it. 
Oh, uh, it was just so great. Oh. Yes, I'm. Gl- I'm glad that you included that because that was just. Yeah, I had to put Anchorman in my list. Uh, so good. Again, it's it's a movie that I could mine again in the future. So so many memorable quotes, so many memorable lines, just so funny. So anyway, again, another comedy, of course. Like, get used to it. That's all my all of my quotes are comedies. Well, that's what's good about that is the fact because right now. If uh, moving on to my number three, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm gonna bring you totally down. Okay. I'm just gonna shatter. I'm gonna shatter you. <laughs> gonna ruin our Lou Dobin's just ruin good time. everything. <laughs> ruin the Lou, Lou Dobin's good time wiener pouch. <laughs> I would say no, thank you to that, my lady. Uh, so <clears throat> yeah, so let, let's hear your uh, number uh, three. Uh, my number three, because this one, this is like because I love I love this movie, uh, and I, I think it's '97. Um, Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah, um, e- everybody freaking loved this movie. <laughs> it, it was it was one, it I mean, was our introduction what, to Matt Damon. It's what brought us Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. That's true. That's true. Um, and it got them their Academy Award for writing. Um, they kind of show. I mean, they, Robin Williams grew a beard, and you know that means right, he's he bringing was, his game, his yeah, A game. I mean, that took him the better part of an afternoon to grow <laughs> right. that full beard. Just, Yes. One afternoon, like a couple of hours on a, a couple Tuesday. of hours stops. Yeah, full um, full full beard. They had to shave him in between takes because it wouldn't stop. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it, and it was it's one of those like because I love I love a good movie from Boston. I just do because yeah. I love the Boston accent. I do too. And it's it, one of those where it's I the mean, south like, of the north. After all. <clears throat> it is, you know, when you go on a guy from Southie, you know, and. and um, <laughs> And I mean, everybody knows knows the line. Um, you know, uh, do you like apples? Yeah, I got yeah, a yeah. number. How about them apples? Yes. You know, there's that one. And then a lot of, I, I lot also of quotes in this one too. I really enjoy the one about the when she when Minnie Driver asks him about you know going to get coffee and he says, or we could just go eat some. Or we caramels. just have some caramels. Yeah, <laughs> it's just as arbitrary as having a cup of coffee. Yeah, I love that. that that's a, that's a line that stays with you for sure. Uh, it's just because and it's like okay, these guys really were good writers, mm-hmm. but you get you get about um, I don't know seventy five percent of the way through the movie, and. Um, uh, because Matt Damon is obviously this mathematical genius, and he's working with Stellan Starsgard, mm-hmm. um, Skarsgård, who's um, trying to unlock his potential right. and turn Matt Damon into this protege of his. And Matt Damon has a completely different personality, and so he's got he's always in trouble. And so he's he's got to yeah. meet with a psychiatrist, and he finally gets in rhythm with Robin Williams. Right, and they get to they get to the end of it where their time is kind of kind of up. And uh, they're having they're having this back and forth, and he's just broken up with Skyler, who's played by Minnie Driver. Uh, Matt Damon has, and and so they're kind of the they have Matt Damon's file, like the the file on him bouncing around from foster care, you know, and this and that. And uh, they're talking about being abused as kids. You know, he's he's asking Matt Damon's asking Robin Williams, "Can you relate to that?" And mm-hmm. they get to this point in the scene where they um, he. Robin Williams is looking at Matt Damon. He's like, this whole file. He's like, he's like, it's not your fault. Right. And they just have this back and forth over, and he just keeps saying it's not your fault. Right, right. And it's like a sledgehammer. Oh, I cannot, I've never made it, th- never made it through that scene without just yeah. absolutely losing it. Yeah. And so it's one of those, it's one of those like, in, I love Napoleon Dynamite quotes. I love Anchorman quotes. I love, I will always have a place in my, because 99% of the time I'm using, those kinds of quotes 
But there are scenes like this to me that like every time I watch it, it just that whole exchange and just it's 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 four words. And it's one of the reasons why I love Robin Williams so much, because he was such a, a comedy icon. And this was such an emotional scene and just delivering those same four words over and over and over how just amazing the scene was. And just it's when I was like, this is why these guys earned their Academy Award. I, I give Matt Damon a lot of credit, too, for yeah. letting that play out just long enough, you know, because he, he kind of yeah, shrugs it off for a bit, yep. you know, like, and he's like, like you know, what are you doing? You know, don't don't mess with me. Right, right. Stop it. Knock it off. Not you, man. Just Not you. Pushing. Yeah, yeah. Then he, he finally loses. So I'll, I'll play the scene. We're going to get a mustard commercial. Oh, UFC. I knew it. All right. <laughs> Guys kicking the shit out of one another. <laughs> yeah, why I broke up with Skyler? I didn't know you had. I did. You want to talk about it? No. Hey, Will. I don't know a lot. You see this? Holy shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know. It's not your fault. All right? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me. not your fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> oh, my God. And if you, like, you didn't want to, like, just hug Robin Williams right there oh. in that moment. <laughs> If I could have been in the middle of that Matt Damon, Robin Williams <laughs> hug, like I could just, I could move in there and live just there, stay for the there forever and ever. Because <laughs> I mean, it was like, and that's like, as I was making this list, it, like those were the ones, some of these were coming to me like, ah, that one's such a downer, but I'm like, ah, but I love that line. It's, it's four words and just the way that, and the exchange back and forth. I'm like, this, this is just, it's too good. It's yeah. I, like, I love that scene so much. And I, I always lose it. Even as I was sitting here just listening to it, I'm like, oh. Stop. That's going to get me again. <laughs> I'm getting overclamped. Yes, yes. And that that is a great scene and it's it's heavy and it's it's you know, it's just filled with emotion and you got two great actors. One who was his star was on this meteoric rise. Another who you know was was kind of on an uptick thanks to this movie. I, I, I'm trying to think of like what Rob, what was Robin Williams doing in 1996? Was he doing like Bicentennial Man and shit like that right around now? Probably, yeah. Yeah, so he was he was ready to grow the beard out and and, and yeah. flex his his muscle again. Yeah. And uh, I for for my number four, um, I hate to do this to undercut the sincerity and like. No, I totally. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a bit silly. Down. 
I'm going to get a bit I brought seven. the house down, so it's your job to bring it back up. I'm going to bring it back up, and I'm and as sometimes we like to do, we I, we like to we like to link, we like to link up. We like to have a little bit of synergy with our picks. And since you picked this one, I'm going to pick a, a scene from uh, Matt uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you know where I'm going with this, but it's from two thousand another two thousand four movie. Uh Team America, World Police. Uh and I, I I'm just I'm just gonna play it because it, it it really there's no there's no explanation or lead up to this. It's it's a smack on Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he did to uh, to 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 draw the ire of Matt Stone and Trey Parker, or or if it's just one of those things that like where he, you know Matt Damon's such a good dude, you know, just it's it's okay to to pick a fight He's just with him. An easy target. Like, who who's is it? Jimmy Kimmel who has like the whole yeah. thing with Matt Damon, and yeah. I, I don't think they really have any bad blood. But no, they, but they but they they play it up really well. But yeah, this this is just a scene. Uh, where they're talking about, uh, so yeah, Team America, and they have the Screen Actors Guild, uh, or no, 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 not the Screen Actors Guild. Um, the The acronym was FAG, but what was, what was something? Uh, was the Film Actors Guild? It might have been the Film Actors Guild, and so like you got all these puppets of famous actors like Susan Sarandon and Janine uh, Garofalo. Yeah, Janine Garofalo, a couple others. So I'll just I'll just play this little bit here. <laughs> really, there's no need for a setup. Unless you want to hear about Oculus Quest, which is a and I do. Platform. The actors are calling for an emergency meeting. Already expected to attend are Helen Hunt, George Clooney, Liv Tyler, Martin Sheen, Susan Sarandon, Janine Garofalo, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt <laughs> Damon. <laughs> Why did they decide to make him that way? <laughs> Just this little dunce. Of a character, all it Matt Damon. Uh, and of course, I couldn't just play that. I, I found like a little Matt clip package. Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> he pops up in the movie like four or five times, and each time Matt he just introduces Damon. himself as Matt Damon. <laughs> But that that makes me crack up. Like any time, like a new Matt Damon movie comes out, or if he's just you know on in the news, and they 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 they, they introduce him as Matt Damon, like I always just like to myself go Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> you kind of have to. You you do. You kind of have to. So that and that's th- that's my number four. Just a dumb goofball, s- mean spirited joke. <laughs> At the expense of Matt Damon. At the expense of one of America's sweethearts. And it, oh, what what that, that really balances out, because we see we see the really dramatic <laughs> and heavy Matt Damon, mm-hmm. and then we see the lighthearted, kind of special Matt Damon. <laughs> yes, yes, special. He's see, a special go. Matt Damon already. Right. You get both sides of Matt Damon there. All right, what's your next? What's your next clip? My next one. I'm, I'm I'll I'll stay on the I'm going to stay on the comedy kick here. Okay. with you. I'm not uh, trying to think. Um, let's see. I don't, yeah, I don't have, I don't have any more downers, so that's good. Okay. Um, and this, <clears throat> this is another, just uh, Will from Ferrell. here on out. This is 2008 Will Ferrell, um, in one of my favorite movies of all time, Step Brothers. Mm. 
And it's another one where it's just filled and filled and filled with so many quotable lines. Pick just one. Um, like my brother and I, from time to time, we will just get into, like, we'll go back and forth for days <laughs> where all we're doing is texting each other. Yeah. Lines from Step Brothers. Yeah. And that's like, how I used and, to do with like Napoleon Dynamite. It was just like I would have just, like conversations with people, just like you'd send text, Matt, da- like just just a Napoleon Dynamite quote reply, exactly to Napoleon Dynamite quote, and it's just like the conversation you had with that person for the week. <laughs> and it was just it like, and it could it could be the simplest thing, like they're they're like my brother might text me, he'd say heel cinnamon, and it's like, and then it's like, oh, we're we're on Step Brothers, and so um, my my go to because there's there's so many. No, oh, yeah. Uh, there's so many great ones, but the this is one. This is an. This is one of those um, kind of like uh, uh, the uh, your mom goes to college, where it's just like this is one of those <laughs> I just I use all the time, mm-hmm. anyways. And it's it's towards the end of the movie. It's after the Catalina wine mixer has been a success. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derek and Brennan have attempted a hug, and uh, <laughs> Brennan's uh, therapist shows up, and he. <laughs> Uh, I love Andrea all of Savage. the scenes with his therapist. They're oh, all so Andrea great. Savage is fantastic, and <laughs> she she just uh, everybody is an enabler in this. Like she's trying to be as clear as she can right. on all of her intentions, and yes. no one listens to her. Nope. <laughs> and when they after just talk, Brennan, they just plow right through her. <laughs> like, oh, you're a keeper. Yes, <laughs> and you're a keeper. <laughs> uh, and she, Brennan asks her how what she thought of his performance, and she gives a a positive but very sterile critique of it. <laughs> and he's like, and he's just like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna make me cry. What 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 poem is that from? Is that James <laughs> Joyce? And I use that all the time. All right. And it just every time I get there, I just I lose it. Hello, Brennan. <laughs> there she is. Hi. Hey. Robert, mom, Derek. This is my girlfriend, Denise. Oh, hi. How are you? Uh, actually, I'm his therapist. We are in absolutely no way dating. <laughs> right. Um, and they're all like, yeah. Hurl <laughs> his body off a helicopter into shark-infested water, so I had a legal obligation to be here. I get it. <laughs> Don't want to appear too eager, and that is a good strategy, uh, like too. <laughs> you are an enabler. You think you're helping, and but you're you not. you are a keeper. She just talks right over her. you were incredibly brave and i mean that in strictly the most clinical and professional sense possible with no emotional intimate sexual or any other undertones that you could possibly infer you're gonna make me cry what poem is that from is that james joyce is that james joyce i love that what poem is that from is that james joyce he's just so delusional it just everybody is so delusional, and because here hearing it again, especially after hearing your first one with the principal, it's that same kind of deadpan delivery that yeah. she just nails. Oh yeah, and oh, it's, it's the kind choice. of deadpan that like a person like Will Ferrell can just, just you know, he lives for. Oh, he can build on all day long. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I, I always think of the like, you know, we have so many room, we have so much room for activities. Like that's so much more room for activities. The quote that I always like, especially if you have like kids, like you can't help oh, but yeah. think about that because that's like a, such a kid thing, and that's just it. They're like grown, uh, they're grown ass yeah. adults that just haven't mentally uh, developed beyond eight. <laughs> like oh, for yeah. whatever reason, they just haven't. I guess it's because of all the enabling and 
whatever. Like, you know, interesting, interesting thing about the Step Brothers movies. The first time I saw it, I, I did not think it was funny at all. Like, I, I, I just was so, I was so turned off and annoyed by how miserable, like, they were, they, they just seemed to be making everybody's life so much yes. more miserable. And uh, I, I don't know, like, I just, it didn't, it, it got me in a, that one, you, sometimes you just get in a, such a mood. Oh, yeah. Oh, and totally. Like, you're like, fuck these guys. These guys are assholes. <laughs> but then you rewatch it and you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I was, like, okay. I was just in a bad mood when I saw that the first time. But that, that's a good one. And that, and that's a, that's a, that's one of the more obscure quotes from the movie too. Yeah. I almost that's did not the pillowcase. you see on a sticker. Usually no, I almost did the pillowcase full of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, soap, soap, uh, bars of soap. I'm going to fill a pillowcase with bars of soap and then I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I just love that whispering exchange back and forth when they're their first night in their room together. Uh, and I, I, of course, love the scene too, where like the the little scene, little scene with Seth Rogen where he's interviewing them. Yes, and he's like, okay, the the tuxedos seem a little fucked up now. <laughs> like, yeah, that always made it's like me I laugh. get it. We're in the tuxedos. It's funny. It's a it's job ironic, interview. You know, we yeah. both have curly hair. <laughs> and then of course John C. Riley rips that horn, that long. <laughs> oh, just fart. He's like, I, I thought it was going to be silent. It was so not. <laughs> so not silent. You couldn't just hold it in. Nope. <laughs> thought it was going to be silent. <laughs> I love John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Ordinarily, ordinarily, they, they have one miss on their record. So Yes. Okay, moving on to my next pick. Um, here we go. Speaking of Will Ferrell, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna piggyback on your Will Ferrell. Let's do it. Let's, let's get some let's, more Will Ferrell. Let's get some more Will Ferrell. This this is from another. I mean, come on, just the the scene that I picked alone has so many quotes in it. This is um Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, <laughs> Talladega Nights. So so many wonderful performances, like oh, especially yes. Gary Cole. Uh, yes. His whole Reese Bobby was great. Uh, I, I love Jane Lynch. Yes. Uh, she, she, I, you know, like th- this is where I feel like, uh, I mean, th- there was the 40 year old virgin, but th- this, uh, this, did this come before or after a 40 year old version? Before this, it? I think it was, this was a- after. And was it after? Okay. okay. Yeah. Cause Steve Carell did the 40 year old virgin. I think yeah. that hit right after he started doing, doing the um, office, okay. the office. And that okay. started in 2005. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is fantastic in this. Yes, uh, you, you even get a little bit of Andy Richter. Uh, yes. just just Amy Adams is is adorable in this. Leslie Bibbs really funny in this, and my, of course Michael Clark Duncan has some great lines like "Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby." Like that's one that I almost went with. Uh, but instead, I went with uh, the, the famous scene where they're you know they're having dinner, everyone's having dinner, and like, yes. there's the whole like you know baby Jesus. Scene. Like, Dear Lord, and, baby Jesus. I feel like that's most people, like one of the like majority of people's favorite Will Ferrell quotes in general. Like that, that yes. gets quoted a lot, a but, lot. But but my favorite part is towards the end with John C. Riley. Another John C. Riley moment. Fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus, like with giant eagles' wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row, and I'm hammered, hammered drunk. drunk. Hey, Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am. That's my scene. <laughs> why don't you just shut up? His version of his favorite version of Baby Jesus, or just Jesus in general, is it? it it's so Cal Norton. 
It's so Cal Norton. Uh, it just it's perfect, and I love. I wonder most of that had to be ad libbed. That whole entire scene oh, yeah, they, had to be ad libbed. Yeah, because they did. I, I, another one of my favorites that he does is the. I like to think of Jesus as a mischievous badger. <laughs> was that like a, a deleted scene or something? I, I think I think it may have been. Yeah, but it was just it was one of those like because they went through so many of them. And well, he has another just, another little funny part too. Right before that, he was like, "I like to picture my Jesus wearing a tuxedo T-shirt." Yes, because he says I'm casual, but I also like to party. I'm <laughs> yeah. here to party. I like my Jesus to party. <laughs> so I and, like to party too. And you know, it's ad lib because the, the way that the camera is kind of um, fixated, you got Will Ferrell. Yes. He's he's just sort of staring into the eyes of of Cal, and they're best friends. Yes. And he's just. He's, he's on the verge of laughing like the whole time, but but when he talks about like lead singer of uh, you know he's got the angel band <laughs> lead singer of Leonard Skinner and I'm in front row hammered drunk. Uh, one that, of, that's one of my favorite quotes. I use that one, one quite a bit. One of my other favorites from that from that whole scene that I really love is uh, from Walker. His older son. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's asking what he is like, I threw a bunch of Grandpa Chip's old war medals <laughs> off a bridge today. <laughs> I mean, the whole entire scene is gold. <laughs> They're such bad kids. <laughs> I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, everything. And poor, poor Chip's just like, they shouldn't <sighs> be talking like this. They're winners. They could do what they want. <laughs> I love the way they're talking to you. And the fact that his own daughter is just like, you piece of shit. You you loser. <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> she turns on him on a dime. Uh, she, oh, so good. That it whole is scene great. is just that really. I've been slaving over this dinner for hours. <laughs> just like just like a smorgasbord of Domino's, Taco and, Bell, and, and Taco Domino's. Bell, yeah. <laughs> he, he does that little uh, plug for Powerade yes, in the yes. middle of his prayer. Yes. Oh. Woo, love that money. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> But that's my number. What is it? My number five. That's my number five. Couple, couple of Will oh. Ferrell movies in there for you. Oh, that is good. I think we covered all the best Will Ferrells. I, I think so. Yeah, I don't have any more Will Ferrell uh, quotes. That's my last one. Well, actually, neither, neither one was a uh, Will Ferrell. Actually, in fact, uh, just that's Will true. Ferrell movies. Yeah. But I mean, it's um, it's the whole Adam McKay Will Ferrell dynamic. Yes. You know? Oh yeah. They I, they they worked so well together, and it's sad. You know, I'm on one hand, I'm happy for Adam McKay and the new success that he's found uh, directing uh, more serious movies with uh, with with like some levity to him. You know, yeah. sort of like left Will like Will. It's it's evident now how much Will Ferrell I think relied and depended on Adam McKay to to write some of these movies for him. Yeah, you know, like Will Ferrell was perfectly capable of ad libbing and making the magic happen, but he still oh, needed yeah. that structure. You know, you, yeah, you need the framework to be able to yeah. to you know because I mean he was a groundling. He was you know he was a an improv guy, so it's like you got to have some structure and then you work within that. Right, right. You know, and uh, and the uh, now that you know because the two of them they have their. Uh, They've kind of gone the way of uh, Judd Apatow as well, to where they're right. just producing all that stuff with their Gary yeah. Sanchez production company. Yeah, and, and I think Adam yeah. McKay only maybe wrote, or he he might have just produced, actually not wrote Anchorman two. He he might have wrote Anchorman two. That might have been like the last he, movie they did. He had to do Anchorman two to that was the deal he made with. Uh, I don't remember who put it out, but he he had to do Anchorman two. For them to let him do the big short. Oh, is that no? No kidding. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, that that makes sense. I could see that. 
And he hasn't so he been did. back since because that. Yeah, and he's like, all right. After movie. that, is like, okay, now I can do no more Will Ferrell movies. As much as I love Will Ferrell, and I yeah. owe my career to Will Ferrell, please just let me do something else. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, what's your next quote? Uh, let's see. This one, I don't. I don't think it's. I mean, uh, audio wise, I don't think it's terribly long. This is, but just looking at it on the the scale of everything, this is my longest quote. Mm-hmm. And this this movie has I have I have talked about this movie on a number of occasions. I'm pretty sure this one made it into our uh, music one as well. So it's scenes that were enhanced mm-hmm. by music. Um, but this is from 2000 movie the the year 2000 uh, Snatch, okay. and it yep. is the it's the opening. Um, it's the very opening of the movie. Well, it's the very opening of the movie with uh, Jason Statham. This is the first time I was ever exposed to Jason Statham. And I just, I love his little, his little monologue that he goes on where he's explaining who he is, how mm-hmm. he got his name and right. and his partner, Tommy. Okay. Should I just play the scene? Or? Let's, yeah, let's go. And I think you can cut it off after, um, cause he goes on to talking about diamonds. You can cut it off. Matthew Vaughn production. My name is Turkish. Funny name for an Englishman, I know. My parents to be were on the same plane when it crashed. That's how they met. They named Amen. me after the name of the plane. Plane. How many people are named after a plane crash? That's Tommy. He tells people he was named after a gun. But I know he was really named after a famous 19th century ballet dancer. <laughs> Known him for as long as I can remember. No, oh, that's the end of the quote right there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That, does isn't it is it just me or does does um Jason Statham just sound really young there? Like he there he's he's added some oomph or grizzle or something to his his repertoire yeah. since this movie here and because i was I, I wanted i wanted to try and find see if i could find that in some other place but i i didn't look for very long and because sometimes with these i know they speed them up a little bit too mm-hmm. and that because because i was like as i was listening to it, i was like is this just because he was young or did they speed this up at all because okay. i know i've listened to but it's it, it is it's like he's definitely because i love I, I love his voice i've always i mean like as, yeah, oh, from yeah. from that moment because the the movie opens with Benicio del Toro and his crew, and they're robbing, and they they steal the diamond that the whole movie's about. Right. <clears throat> but then after kind of the opening credit sequence, which is a phenom a phenomenally done by Guy Ritchie, um, it fades in from black to this scene, and it's this that was the literally the very first moment I was ever exposed to Jason Statham, and from hearing that voice and that whole little opening monologue, I was mm-hmm. like, I love this dude. Yeah. I love the way he sounds. I love his whole aura. I love everything about him. I was like, I gotta put the Turkish, the Turkish introduction in there because I. Love it's like a Ryan Reynolds. He's he's got yeah. this unique uh, delivery of 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 the way he says things. My name's Turkish. Funny name for an Englishman, I know. I, just, I mean, I everything love, just sounds badass when it's, it does. When it's being he's, said by him because <laughs> he, he's he's that he's got a little bit of that Cockney in him. He's like you yeah. know, and he's 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 in the movie. He's not necessarily a, a, an overtly tough guy. But in every other movie he's been in since, he's like, I'm going to beat the crap out of everybody. I'm just going to kick the shit out of anybody. And in, in Spy, in the, and I love the way that they used him in the movie Spy, where it was, it was oh, a straight God, movie. I loved him he's in Spy. He's in so many action movies. But Spy, it was a comedy. He shows his comedy chops. He, he, <laughs> he's so self-aware of what, yes. why, you know, if what he is in, in Spy. And, and, and makes he's just like, work. nothing can kill me. It's like, I'm, I'll live forever. And he's just, he's it's like, he's so intense. And yes. it just, he plays off of his own. Yes. Uh, it's just, oh, it's so great. I love Jason Statham to death. 
that that was that was really good of uh, Paul Feig to recognize. Oh yeah, uh, the 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 chemistry between McCarthy and 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 Statham. Like I, I really that that's one of the all time like shocked me how funny it was. Movies like I oh, just yeah. was expecting to get a movie and got something totally different. So yes, absolutely. All right, moving on to my number six. Go for it. So I decided with my number six to go with yet another comedy uh, from 1998. Uh, this is like the one and only like really notable Dave Chappelle movie. Uh, of course, it uh, screwed, also, right? No, no. With Norm Macdonald <laughs> and Danny the DeVito? Oh. The other one. <laughs> no, he did half another baked. movie? Half-Baked, oh, of course. that's right. And as funny as all the lines from Dave Chappelle are, and there's many of them, they're great, It it's actually Harlan Williams who made me laugh the hardest. Um, so Harlan Williams plays a teacher. He plays Kenny. And the whole, the whole, like the whole reason why they're selling uh, weed in the first place is because they're trying to make as much money as fast as they can to bail Kenny out. Cause he, he, uh, you know, he OD'd a horse. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, didn't he do some of the police horse? It was like, yeah. it's been so long since I've watched he, that movie. He was, he was getting snacks for, uh, you know, like they were, they were having one of their usual afternoon, uh, high, you know, hiathons. They went to get snacks. He, he greets uh, a horse on the street in New York. As you do, he starts feeding it like pizzas and Funyuns and he, all the, all the snacks. And it, it, it basically the horse, it turns out the horse is diabetic and of course, the police officer delivers a pretty hilarious line in his owner. He's like, "Didn't you? Yeah, that horse was diabetic." <laughs> he's like, "I'm so sorry, Buttercup." <laughs> but but while he's in jail, as as you know, Thurgood Mar- Thurgood and Scarface and all of the others, they're trying to to raise money. Uh, things are escalating pretty quickly in in prison. Um, Harlan Williams is constantly under jeopardy of being uh, taken from behind. <laughs> yes. And uh, he, Tommy Chong as the squirrel master is, is protecting him. Uh, but th- there's this character known as nasty Nate <laughs> who, who apparently just wants to, uh, he just wants to get familiar with, with uh, Kenny. Uh, like that's just what happens when you, when a new guy comes it into is. prison, you gotta, you gotta have sex with him. Just it's the welcome I, I, wagon. And I'm also, I often think of the whole scene with Norm MacDonald in, in, uh, oh gosh, was it, uh, Dirty Work? Dirty Work. <laughs> it's like he and Artie, they're like in jail and he's like, don't you know the one thing that prison is known for? <laughs> like, I love that whole bit. Uh, just makes me think of this. Uh, but anyways, the, the scene that makes me laugh so hard and I, I repeat it a lot of times when, whenever like something risque is on, whatever, doesn't matter. I think of the naughty jungle of love line. So I'm just going to play the scene. <laughs> oh, Harlan. He's, he's, a, he's got a calendar for no. some reason of Nasty Nate. No. <laughs> no. I don't know why. Devil, <laughs> man. He's got a Sharpie. Devil, and he's just six, 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 <laughs> the mark of the beast. No. <laughs> now Naughty. he's exiting out his growing area. Yes. Harlan Williams is an interesting dude. Like he, he, he is a highly underrated comedian. He really is a highly underrated comedian. He and he he made he made a couple of poor choices. I think in in the early two thousands, late nineties. He he was he found himself in some really classic movies like Dumb and Dumber, and um, he was in uh, something about Mary. 
Uh, but then he made that like Rocket Man movie, like yes. really silly made for kids movie, which, which is was fine. fantastic. It's fine, but I feel like that derailed him forever. It completely undercut <laughs> the the mature comedy that he was going yeah. for. Because he, I've I've watched his watched and listened to his stand up too. Yeah, and he's got a very unique delivery to it. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he was he was definitively trying to make himself a part of that. You know that kind of class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that graduating class of comedians there with Dave Chappelle and, and yeah. guys like that. Yeah, yeah. And Ben Stiller. He had and the like chops. He had the chops. It was just, uh, I don't know if it's solely because of Rocket Man, but Rocket Man did, it was a, it was a fun and funny movie, but it was a total Disney yeah. family movie. It, it, it I feel a, like it devastated his career. It, it really derailed a lot. Disney paid him back a little bit. Like, I know he's got a cartoon on Disney Junior called Puppy Dog Pals. Yeah, or he he's a he voices the main human in the in the show, it, but it's bizarre because you're like that sounds like Harlan Williams. Like I'm I'm yeah. like paying attention to this show, and it's like totally it's total Disney Junior fare. I'm like that. Th- there's only one Harlan Williams voice, you know. Like you hear. Oh yeah, he's very unique. And and I will say that even though I mean there are so I mean like in half baked and a number of other things where he had small roles where he got to be just here's a quick dose of Harlan Williams. Mm-hmm. Those are all hilarious. Yeah. I will watch Rocket Man any day of the week. It's fine. Will, it's oh, so silly and it's fine. I, I I don't hate on that movie. I actually saw that in theaters. I think I was one of the ten people that saw that in theaters. Yeah. Because I was I was into Harlan. I, I I recognized him from other things. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to give this because this that was supposed to be his vehicle, I guess. That was the movie that, you know, Disney gave him. And, and this is around that time that Disney was trying to, like, make stars of actors and their live action yeah. stuff. And that movie had uh, Bo Bridges. It had Bo Bridges and uh, William Sadler were also in Rocket Man. Okay. Yeah. I remember William Sadler. I can, I can remember, I can picture him, but I don't remember Bo. Yeah, Bo Bridges. He was the uh, he was the disgraced astronaut who uh, worked um, at uh, Mission Control. Gotcha. That was he was Harlan Williams' uh, idol. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. No, no, naughty chuckle of love. Like it's it's his it's his delivery, but also you 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 add in the visual of Nasty yes. Nate in like a wrestling pose. Yes, <laughs> and he's like, and the, and the sharpie with on the calendar. Yeah, and he's got this banana hammock on <laughs> yes who who is handing out this calendar at prison <laughs> did nasty nate make have those made and then just had it there hanging for him here you go here it's your welcome this is your welcome <laughs> gift so you keep nate. time in prison uh nasty nate and squirrel master so fun yeah anyways that's my lighthearted number six what's your number six i like it uh let's see here uh i am Yes, I I will continue on on the the comedy. Uh, this this is one of these. I went with a two part because they were both short. Yeah, uh, and they are from. I've got uh, one of those too, so don't feel bad. They are from a a, a movie that we have. Uh, we did a whole episode dedicated to this gentleman, Kevin Smith. Hmm. My favorite entry into the Viewers Universe, Mallrats. And uh, I've said it a number you of times. You say this on all this the podcast. time. Yeah, you I said it in this time. episode, maybe even. I did. <laughs> um, and and the, the line is just Jay just shouts, "Do it, Doug!" Right. And it is they're they're on this this game show, and uh, the two Brody Bruce and T S Quint they've they've hijacked these two roles, and you got Gil Hicks, who he's <laughs> he's the third 
He's, he's the straight man. <laughs> yes. And uh, one of the Hicks cousins. And so of the views universe, the announcer is, he's announcing all of, he's announcing these guys. And uh, I think it's TS is Doug. And, um, uh, he, uh, <laughs> He, he goes through, he's like, he's all these, hey, he's this, and da, 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 da. welcome, Doug, whatever. And Jay just from Jay the backstage just, just, head just out. shows, <laughs> do it, Doug. And I, oh, like that line, I've just always loved that line. Like, it's such, like, such an obscure line. It is. So it's like, no, but unless you It says, let's get going. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. You know? It's perfect. It, it conveys, and it's like, I use it all the time. And, uh, and you so don't I was say, like, I'm ready. You say, no. Do, Do it, Doug. <laughs> it just works so much better. First suitor goes to Marymount College, where he majors in economics. Say hi to Doug Paging. <laughs> Do it, Doug. <laughs> it's so Jay, forced. <laughs> Jay's so serious too. He's just like, Do, Do it, Doug. Doug. He's cheering him on, and. And then the the other line from that from that movie, yeah, uh, I because I, I, I watched I fell in love with this movie when I was in yeah. high school. Oh yeah, and I, as I a Mallrat, I've said this <gasps> a number of times. I I remember because there were so many. We went to the mall every day my senior year of high school, right? And but it's when I was like when we would go, we'd go after school, and so it's when I was like I couldn't ever say this line in 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 true honesty because it was always the afternoon. And mm-hmm. so I I remember the I remember the one time because it's a it's a horrible occasion my my uh, one of my good friends his dad had just passed away and we my uh, my idiot friend Chris uh, he was at EKU he and I uh, came back uh, home to go to the um, the visitation the funeral and I had to go to the mall to get some um, some clothes something to wear and so we I stayed the night at uh, at Chris's house Chris's parents' house in, in Louisville we went to the mall the next morning and that morning. We're go. I'm going to pick out clothes for a funeral, and as we're walking in the mall, I realize, hey, it's the morning. I can finally say, <laughs> "Now's my big chance." I love the smell of commerce in the morning. <laughs> it's just it's when I was like, it's marked by such a horrible occasion. Yeah, but you but it will to. forever stick with me. It, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be true to yourself if you no. didn't take the opportunity. Exactly. And here, here's the clip. The Brody man. That's oh, gonna make me play. I love. The smell of commerce in the morning. I love. Oh, it's gonna play the again. Smell of commerce. Yeah, it's just he, <laughs> it's on a loop. He's he's just that's Brody is. Yeah. He. I mean, he. he but loves then you the meet mall. Shannon right after this. Yes. <laughs> kind of pops. He bumps in. into him. Yeah. That asshole from the fashionable mail. Because <laughs> I almost went with fill this with coke, no ice. But I was like, no, these are my, these are my two. These are my two. Do it, Doug, and I love the smell of commerce in now, the morning. The the story behind the shirt that he's wearing in the movie now is now isn't it like a it's like two images, three three three, three different now, actors. What, yeah, so that, one is Stanley, right? Uh, it's the three. They had three different actors that were going to play Brody Bruce, and they all fell through. So they took the, the I, I think if I remember the story correctly, they took the three images and merged them together into one face and and twisted up on the shirt. I believe that's. That's uh, where they got that. So, okay, so yeah. it's the three actors that were going. I believe to play. so. Okay, okay. It, but it, it looks a little bit like Stanley somehow. Yes. If you squint in your eyes and turn your head a little bit. So that's interesting. That's interesting. All right, moving on. I'm glad we got a little bit of Kevin Smith in there because little you, Kevin Smith, you you could go a long way with Kevin Smith. Oh yes. 
Okay. Uh, back to me. Is my number seven, I guess? Yes. All right. So this movie is probably not loved by a lot of people. Um, I saw it in the theaters just out of boredom. You know, like you know, you get to be a certain age and you're just going to see every single movie that comes out in theaters on yep. whatever. And this was one of those times. And I, I saw it with um, Nick. Nick and I saw nice. this. And uh, I I don't I don't know why we saw it other than the fact that we were just both off and thought let's go see a movie, uh, and it's the uh, 2002 comedy Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Nice. It's 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 a really weird movie. It's so the star is a uh, Steve uh, Odenkirk. Yeah, right? Steve Odenkirk. Yeah, the thumb guy. Yes, yes. Uh, he's thummy. He's I think he. <sighs> He he play, he he wrote and starred in this thing, and uh, he I think he's more known as a writer slash director. This, yeah, this was like his big breakout moment. This was the movie that hopefully would have put him in the public's eye. It didn't really turn out because the movie was a tremendous bomb. Yes, and I don't yes, think the was. movie probably spent a lot. Of, like I remember being advertised in a lot of weird places, you know. So like, I, you saw ads for it a lot, but not in like they didn't spend a lot of money on advertising. I just, I just remember seeing like the scene with the cow where they were mock, they were like kind of uh, parodying the Matrix. Yes, and that's a horribly stupid scene, but that kind of summarizes this movie in a way. <laughs> I like how they made it though, because like what they did is they took an actual kung fu movie, and he dubs over the voices of all the characters, yes. but he also inserts himself via yep, green he's screen in the movie as well into the movie. So it's it's actually really interesting how they crafted the movie. And there are some genuinely really funny scenes and lines, but my favorite scenes and lines involve the villain, uh, who his his name is um, Betty. <laughs> and I, I, every every moment, every scene that he's in is just I I've quoted many many times between like friends of mine, like you know Nick and I saw it, and we we really kind of fell in love with it when we saw it. It was so silly, but a lot of friends of mine who, you know, I didn't go see it with. And, you know, they didn't have like that excuse of seeing it that one fateful day where we were bored. You know, it's just one of those things where you saw it on cable. It probably got played a lot. And if you just kind of pay attention to it for a few seconds, you're kind of drawn into it somehow. You're like, this is just really bizarre. Like these funny voices and like, is this a Kung Fu movie? Is this like an actual Kung Fu movie? How'd they do this? Like, what is going on here? I'm not entirely sure exactly what's happening. But th- this is basically the the Betty introduction scene, and he's telling a joke, and the punchline of the joke is my ass, and uh, it just cracks me up every time. I'm just gonna go ahead and play that. Because this, I am nice man with happy feelings all of the time. First a joke. What <laughs> Such do you bad get lip dubbing. when you cross an owl with a bungee cord? My ass. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> I also love the way he laughs. Like, <laughs> are you familiar I, with this movie at all? Is this? I I remember I remember when it came out because I was work, I think I was working I think I was working a blockbuster. This is a blockbuster era. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, because I because I I remember 
Because he had he had a I know he did a Star Wars parody and a Titanic. That's right, he parody. did. Yeah, yeah. That's um, right. Because he because he that was what I knew him from was he did. I forgot the about the Star thumbs. Wars parody. He would he would do all those movies where there all of the characters were just literally his thumbs. I believe. Right, right. And yeah, and he, like they, the whole thing with like Luke, he was like, "Touch your tongue to mine." Yes. <laughs> and Luke's like, "What?" <laughs> and so it was it was one of those like he was everything because for the longest time too, I would always get him confused with. Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk, yeah. Because it's like, what, Steve Odenkirk? What? Who? Is it the same? Are they related? And <laughs> it's not spelled the same. I don't think. No, it's, it's they're spelled not. differently. They're, they're spelled differently. Yeah. And it was because I remember. I remember it came out while I was there, and I. I think I remember because I think there were clips of it on, on our trailer tape. Mm. I don't. Th- I don't know that I ever actually sat down and watched it because oh, so I, I remember seeing. I remember seeing so many of the thumb videos that I was like, is this the thumb guy? They the, the so clips like, yeah. they chose to to air for advertisements are the worst. They're all like the dumbest played out. Like they're depending on it's it's like watching a bad version of like a, a Damon's movie, like a scary yeah. movie, like where they're just relying on yep. parodies to make you laugh. They're like, oh, that's a thing I like. That's let let's laugh. So they, they they showed a lot of those scenes, and I'm just like, these these are the dumbest parts. Like the whole movie's dumb. But there's a lot of like really laugh out loud moments that just like you're watching. I was like, this is really silly, and I I love it because it's so silly. And oh, uh, that's because it's the thing that you don't that they they miss on a lot of those things. Because and that's why we got so many of those really shitty parody movies. Yeah, is because they just started cranking out crap because they lowered the standard. Like, all right, here, yeah, once you got to like date stuff. movie and meet the Spartans and yeah, all of that was just garbage. Yeah, like. Two of the producers of is like no, no, that's not even a thing. That's not a thing. You can't credit this movie with two of the producers of another movie that's <laughs> the sucked. nephew of this famous yeah, it's like man. <laughs> a guy that rode by the studio on a bicycle. Like, I don't care who's who once in this l- who once showed the movie took tickets for the yeah. movie. <laughs> this guy sold some of our actors hot dogs. <laughs> what that guy? That's not a plug. from the guy who filled the bellies of Jim Carrey. <laughs> But, but, like, but no, this guy wrote several of like Jim Carrey movies. So like he he was yeah he was a talented guy. Yeah, he he had had. Uh, I, I think that was the thing was it was it just it that that one foray into here's your shot. Right. It was his rocket man. It just didn't yeah, work out. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't work. And I think part of it really was the advertising because I remember the advertising. It was like yeah. the advertising made the movie look really stupid because it was just it was just like slapstick stuff or like oh it's. Yeah. A I white need guy gopher doing chucks, kung you know, fu. Like even on the box, like the yeah. the poster, he's got like two gophers like linked together. Yeah, but but to be fair, I don't know how you would sell this movie because all the best parts of the movie are just sort of they build over time. And yeah, like there's a payoff after like two minutes of just weirdness. So how do you put that into a trailer and sell it? It's too it's difficult which is probably it's, why he uh, didn't get other chances like look we see what you're doing here you're clearly a very funny guy maybe you just stick to writing let jim carrey I, perform you know yeah <laughs> that i think that's the thing that's unfortunate is it's one of those like i think unless you really do take a chance on it and sit down and watch it and because it's one of those like I, I i would venture to guess if we had a thousand people that were listening to this right now and and I, we we referenced the movie Rocket Man from Disney. You might get a smattering of people that yeah. have even heard of it, but it's when I was like, there are some legitimately funny parts of that movie. It is yeah. a stupid movie overall. Yeah. It is a kids movie. It is stupid, right? 
But there are some parts of that movie that make me laugh over and over and over. And I think this is another one of those movies where it's like, you have to invest the time and sit down and watch it. Do, and do me a favor and some, watch Kung Pao. Like I, I, I can do that. I would love, I would love to get your thoughts on it after actually watching it, sitting down and watching it. It, it may not play great if you are watching it by yourself. I don't know. It's kind of one of those movies you're like, kind of like, kind of poke your friend and you're like, oh, like, yeah. what is, what am I watching? You giggle along with somebody else. You're yeah. Like, ah, it might it. be like best viewed with other people. Maybe, maybe the kids, maybe watch it with the kids, uh, see what they think of it. Cause I don't think there's anything um, inappropriate in it, but it, it, it really makes me laugh. So comedies and Kung Fu, like kind of, they, they are a natural, pair like they they do go well together if you do it right and uh this is yeah. one of the few instances where like i really dug it anyways that's, that's my number seven what's your number seven? seven let's see number seven number seven betty this this one is from uh 1988 um and i i, I don't know if this was the first because i've i've heard iterations of this i don't know if this was the first time or not but it's i think it's my favorite time that I've ever heard um, this line, and it's from Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, and okay. I was, I was, I was not a big wrestling guy, kid. I, like wrestling was just one of those things that just kind of missed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, in, I didn't get into it. I, I didn't like. I, I, and I don't. I can't remember if we talked about it on here or not. But I, the only point of reference I ever had with wrestling was, I think there was. I didn't know that it was fake. And like the one time that I saw it, and there were these two guys that were fighting. And one of the guys was younger. One of the guys was Razor Ramon. I think the other one, I think we looked it up. No, I don't think we've had this conversation. Okay. I, I, was talking, I must have been talking about it with my other buddy. It's like, I think he was like the one, two, three kid or something like that. Okay. And they were having this match and it was for this like bag full of money. And I think I thought it was like a million dollars. I think it turned out to be like $10,000. Uh-huh. And the kid at one point when he's losing, he slides out and he grabs the bag full of money and he runs out of the arena into a limousine and drives away. <laughs> I just remember sitting there like, no one stopped him. He just stole $10,000 and no one even stopped him. There was a cameraman following him. That's so silly. What is happening here? They they just recorded it. They've they've literally filmed this crime It's like the scene from Spider-Man when like he just lets him go by. You could have stopped him. And I was just, I was like, I have no idea what's going on here, but I don't think it's for me. (laughs) Razor Ramon was quite a character. He he was he was a very he was a stubbly slick <laughs> back kind of fellow. He was uh I think it's Kevin a, Nash. Maybe I'm he wrong. He was a ruffian. Yeah. You know the Russian um, from uh the uh, yes, Punisher movie. From I think the Punisher, yes. And also maybe, Super Maybe Shredder. it's not Kevin Nash. I don't know. They he's he's one of those wrestlers that had multiple careers and would kind of change his identity a couple times. He would reinvent himself like Hollywood Hogan. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I'm going to be a bad guy now, and I'm going to die my stubble. Well, The Undertaker is like another famous example of that. Like, he was some other guy, like, named Cactus Jack or some shit. Really? Yeah, and then, but he but he wasn't popular. He just didn't, he didn't have a cool gimmick at the time. Yeah. But then once he, once he, you know, started rising from coffins and had a weird little chubby dude walking around in front of him going, Whoa, There you go. Yeah. You just you change it up. And <laughs> all of a sudden, you're a whole new thing. Like, holy shit, The Undertaker, this is great. Yeah, I, I I admit I'll cop to liking wrestling from like eighty seven to nineteen ninety. You know, it was just like a thing that like a young boy would get into. Yeah, <laughs> and it, I mean that's what like it was. I think it was one of those um, like I didn't have any friends that really were into wrestling. My my dad wasn't into wrestling. My little brother wasn't into. So it was just one of those. Like, I enjoyed I rock have... and wrestling, which was the Roddy Piper era. You know, like the cartoon. I, 
I, I remember, Brad some, I remember was some Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes. I, like I had, I had reference points for like yeah. Hulk Hogan yeah. and Mr. T and some of those, it was like, Oh, these are characters. Right. But it was like uh, the idea of wrestling is like, I thought it was an actual sport. So yeah. I didn't have any real frame of reference. And it wasn't until years later that I saw the movie. They live John Carpenter's. They live. Yeah. Roddy's awesome in this though. I mean, well, the, I mean, maybe, maybe that's overstepping a little bit. <laughs> Maybe awesome isn't the right way to describe it, but he it's it worked for him. He made yes. that work for him, you know. It was it it's one of like John Carpenter in the in the seventies and eighties, he was pretty reliable. It wasn't everything wasn't a total success, but he John Carpenter in the seventies and eighties was because uh, he I mean he started in seventy was it seventy seven with Halloween? Yeah, seventy nine. 77 I think Halloween. it was I think it was 77. Maybe maybe it was 79. Damn, now I'm doubting myself. But yeah, they to... live by the late 80s like he lost a little bit of his um he, I feel he, like was he lo- lost a bit. He was losing some of his steam, but this one, I think this one just it gets that cult status and then I love the Keith David Roddy Roddy Piper fight scene <laughs> yes. was perfectly replicated on yes. South Park with Timmy and Jimmy. <laughs> And I was like, that was... Which I had no just, frame of reference for at the time. Oh, like, it's just so great. Yeah, I'd forgotten about They Live because it's one of those movies that like, I remember seeing it. I really remember seeing it in video stores. It's yeah. It's got a pretty iconic like art, you know, box, uh, VHS box art. Yep. And just because I think because of the box art, I I didn't really know who John... I mean, I knew who John Carpenter was, but it was like, I didn't just rent the movie because John Carpenter directed it. It's just like, I didn't yeah. like the thing you know, uh, uh, Halloween, like they, there was the points weren't connecting. The dots weren't connecting at that yeah, time. The, even though he planned everything was John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah, John Carpenter's. He, he certainly wasn't shy putting his name. He was like, no, these are all my movies. Definitely but like when you guys like Wes Craven, you know, <laughs> until, until you have an appreciation for, Oh, the director is the one that's kind of weaving the story together. Yeah. If I like this movie, I'll probably like this movie. Well, Until there were certain you know people that. like Stephen King, not Stephen King, yeah. but Steven Spielberg, who you kind of had yeah. made that association, like, oh, well, everything Steven Spielberg does is good. So, yeah. if he's if he's directing this movie, I see his name. Let's 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 watch this. Yeah, and they they live is one. I, I think it's got more of that cult status. I think so um, too. Yeah, and it, I mean it's a it's a fun movie. I, I I'll probably I watch it probably once a year, once every couple of years. Just because it, it'll pop time, up, probably. yeah, it'll yeah. pop up, and I, and I just enjoy it. It's uh, you know, it's an hour and a half, hour forty, and it's just fun. But the uh, line but is it, great because it, the, oh. if you're familiar with Duke Nukem, which was like a real popular PC game in the mid '90s, that this line got stolen, basically got put in as dialogue by the the main character Duke. He says yeah. this line in the game, so. and. I'll you just go ahead and play it because oh, yeah, really I'll just play it. <laughs> it 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 didn't deserve the setup you gave it. <laughs> yes. Standing there in the bank, sunglasses on. I really like the effect of the um, aliens. Yes. In the black and white. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. What a line. <laughs> it's just, it's so good. I think Duke and Nukem, it, he, he flips it though. I think he says like, I'm all, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. 
and it, it is it's it's a it's a line that is bigger than Rowdy Roddy Piper, right? But it, it makes me happy that he's the one that kind of gets if, that credit. If he could for have it. gotten Kurt Russell in this movie, oh yeah, uh, it, it's the kind of line would've that would have been even it. more famous. <laughs> yeah, that would have it have been. I mean, it'd have been 10 times more iconic. Yeah. But unfortunately, Kurt Russell was uh, maybe doing overboard. I don't know what he was doing in 1988. <laughs> he didn't feel like was, doing this John Carpenter. He was busy. Thing. He had yeah, stuff going like, on. I've, probably. I've been enough. I got some movies. things. I got We're a few good. irons in the fire. You know. We're cool, right? We're cool, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's yeah. like Ben Affleck at the time. He's like, I don't want to do any more Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> he's like, uh, could I come back later and reprise my role as Snake Pliskin? Thank, Can we do that later? Thank, thanks for pulling me out of the Disney uh, stereotype and all that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I got Goldie now. I'm good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. It's good. That's it's good. That's a great good. line, though. I like that. I, I was tickled when I saw that come. I was like, ah. It's, it's not a movie that I am like was was real familiar with growing up, uh, but, but I'm certainly familiar with that line. Yes. Okay. Moving on for me. Number eight. Eight. Um, <laughs> eight is enough again just sticking with the like this you know all of my lines are just so stupid this this is another one from a, a goofball movie uh it's a, a rob schneider movie uh from there's not a lot of those well he, he had a run he did have he a, had run. a few but yeah this is a 1999 movie this was the movie that really kind of kicked off his uh vehicle days uh deuce bigelow male gigolo Nice. Now, Deuce Bigelow is, it's like B-tier Adam Sandler comedy, you know? Like, yes. It, it was, it was, it was, the proximity was close enough to Sandler that you enjoyed it. But by the time you started getting around to like bench warmers and beyond, you're just like, do we really need more Rob Schneider? <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're, we're probably good on Rob. We're probably got, we got enough Schneider. But Deuce Bigelow was actually a really fun character. He, you know, he plays like this uh, really knowledgeable uh, fish expert i guess yeah and uh he gets kind of trapped into this world of of uh, uh male sex working he's uh, uh i i guess like this role this role you know popular gigolo he he uh, he kills his fish and while he's away he, he to to rebuild his aquarium it's like such a dumb dude like rob schneider yes. plot to a movie the whole premise <laughs> of it you're like what but no he he has to go out on these dates with women and Apparently, like this guy who was like you know pretty pretty stereotypically like handsome studly type dude, uh, he he got really wealthy by just accepting I guess all clients, and his his handler his pimp is Eddie Griffin who's really funny in the movie. Yes. So he's he's trying to get him work any way he can, and he the only way he can get clients is with the, these really kind of damaged women. <laughs> yes. You know they're not like your typical normal housewives. There's something kind of wrong with all of them and the movie's sweet because he always like treats them with respect and he kind of makes them see that they have they they have things they're they're worth like they have they should have self-worth and you know he develops friendships with all of them and it's you know it's not as it's not as uh chauvinistic and icky on the surface as it would appear you know down deep but yeah, it's stupid. And but but the scene that that I chose and this is kind of one of those like it's it's like a string of quotes so it's kind of cheating a little bit, but they each one makes me laugh really hard. It's where he he meets the really large woman, uh, uh, not not the not the steak one, but like the really oh. tall one. Oh, okay. The, yep. the, and they play it like you never see her face. It kind of reminds yes. me of like Manhands from Seinfeld. Yes. 
So he, he meets her and he's taking her out on a date and they're just sort of walking casually down the road, down the sidewalk while passerbys are hurling these awful insults. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I remember that now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the one that makes me laugh the hardest is the last one. where he, This guy just goes, that's a huge bitch. <laughs> that's okay. That was, that was exactly what I was. Okay. Yeah. I'm hoping that's that, but I'm going to play the whole scene. Cause all the insults are hilarious. I love this place. Where are you from again? No way. Freak! I hear great <laughs> things about it. Holy shit, it's Bigfoot! So how'd you end up here? I had a pituitary gland procedure at UCLA Medical Center, and I just fell in love with the people here. Hey, keep it in the circuit! <laughs> you know, this place has gone way downhill. What do you say we go somewhere else? That's a huge bitch! <laughs> I love it, just kind of uh, squeeze that last one in Yes. There. That's a huge bitch. And it's all like, it's all that like ADR, you know? Yes. They they just, (laughs) but they're just walking down the street trying to pretend like they don't hear this. This And they don't. This really gone downhill. (laughs) But Keep It in the Circus was like a hilarious one for me too. Yes. So I, I don't know why, like when I'm, when I'm feeling it particularly mean spirited and there's just like a less than attractive person on TV, then I always, they don't even have to be large. Or ugly, like I just—that's yeah, a huge bitch. Like I'll just say yes. that. That is just the placeholder for. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not proud of that particular pick, <laughs> but I, at the same time, I am. It's still a great pick. <laughs> it's a great pick. Gave it to the circus, Frank. I love too. Like later in the movie too, like they're 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 in court, and uh, the the large woman is is testifying. <laughs> and the same people are like throwing it's the insults. Still, yeah, they're still hurling the insults <laughs> in, in a, a courtroom. courtroom. And like the judge is not saying anything to stop it. <laughs> and then you see like the bailiff, like you actually see him go like, behemoth. He's <laughs> like <laughs> off to the side. Yes. <laughs> That's a huge bitch. Like they didn't even like have it. They didn't even record it a second time. They just like copied it and pasted. Like yep. <laughs> Let's toss it in here again. It worked well uh, the first time. Let's double up on it. Holy shit, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> Anyways, that's my number. Uh, was that my eight? <laughs> eight. That is a fantastic eight. Thank you, sir. Thank you. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight, also another comedy. All right. Let's oddly do it. enough. Um, this one People need is, to laugh in these times. People do need to laugh. <laughs> We're bringing laughter to people. We are laughing. <laughs> <laughs> great, great quote there. Um, see, that's just what we do. We yeah. just, we, we naturally go there. Um, More anchor man. This one, this one is, this one's from 1980. This is from, this is from a movie that I made you recast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is from Caddyshack. You actually do this scene quite well. Like you've <laughs> um, I, I, when I, I used to work on a golf course and I did golf course maintenance. And so every Sunday night I would watch Caddyshack. Yeah. Uh, just to channel my inner Carl Spackler, and <laughs> uh, I mean, because and, and we we he's would a, quote he's Caddyshack. a caddy legend. Oh, he! I, I mean, and just to, I mean, like Bill Murray is so near and dear to the sport of golf. He loves golf. He lives golf. He has a line it's of true. golf wear that just came out, and I mean, he's been golfing for decades at this point. Yes. And so, just to I see love him in this, him show up on Sports Center with like the goofy oh, hats and stuff. Yes, and <laughs> he. Um, and there's so, I mean, it's in a movie that's filled with so many lines from mm. so many people. Um, I mean, it, it, Chevy Chase has plenty, uh, um, da- Roddy Dangerfield, even Ted Knight. You'll get yeah. nothing and like it. Right. You know, there's <laughs> so many great lines from the movie. 
and I didn't like there's there's the whole speech is of of him uh, of uh, Carl Spackler talking about um caddying for uh the uh the Dalai Lama mm-hmm. the 12th son of the lama <laughs> flowing robes the whole the whole thing and uh but I, the the end of it um it, it, it's because it's it's just i mean it, it's another one of those is like i i same kind of thing it's just i use it all the time yeah when he's talking about he's like hey you know the you know lama he's, he's gonna he's gonna stiff me so he says hey uh hey lama you know i'm gonna i'm gonna lose uh you know some for the uh some for the trouble oh there will be no money given here today but on your deathbed you will receive total consciousness <laughs> you know so i got that going for you me. got that going no. for me <laughs> which is nice so I and I, I do I like I love that I like I I use the you know so I got that going for me you know which the, is nice. that that's that little line that, at the end that yeah. that line but I mean he Bill Murray I mean it's just a masterful little speech that he does so I was like I have to include that in this list your version was really good let's let's hear the actual version oh god after an ad for mustard not until after an ad from LinkedIn ooh so I jump ship in Hong Kong. And I make my way over to Tibet. And I get out he's of got like a pitchfork, and he's just like got the dude cornered <laughs> right at the guy's neck. <laughs> looper. Looper. Caddy, looper. You know, caddy, Jack. looper. <laughs> so I tell him I'm a pro jack. And who do you think they give me? The Dolly <laughs> Lama. Digging into his neck. The 12th son of the Lama. The flowing robes, the grace, bald. Striking. Striking. So I'm on a first tee. What am I giving the driver? He hauls off and whacks one. Wax Big hitter. 10,000 foot Long. <laughs> Into a 10,000 foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the lamb says? No. Gunga galunga. Gunga galunga. Gunga galunga. So we finish 18. <laughs> He's going to full of shit look on the kid's face. And I say, hey, lama. Hey, how about a little something, you know. For the effort. For the effort, you know. And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. <laughs> so I got so that going for me. <laughs> Which is nice. Which is nice. <laughs> the, like, look on his face. Little eye. Like, his, he's got a twitch in his eye. A little twinkle. <laughs> He's just in his own world the entire movie, oh and I just I absolutely love everything about that. But you know what the funny thing about the Carl character is, like, you know somebody like this guy in a workplace oh, yeah. environment. Like, he may not be oh, a yeah. cat, and he may not be in so insane that he's sculpting uh, plastic explosives like gophers to you know take out of a, a, you know a menace, <laughs> but. Uh, but you know people like that who will corner you and just like spew off like yeah. crazy shit that's on their mind. Uh, but I, I do like that scene. That was really well done. That's Carl. All right. So moving on to me. What is my nine? I got nine. I got two left. What am I going to go here? Uh, I got to go with the 1987. I don't even need IMDb for this. The 1987 Mel Brooks classic. Uh, the uh, the Star Wars parody. Uh, May the Fourth be with you, Adam. We just missed that by a day. Uh, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yep. And uh, again, one of those movies. So many quotes. So many lines. Oh. Uh, you know, th- this was for the longest time my all-time favorite movie. Uh, Nick and I would would watch this multiple times a year. 
Uh, we just this is an event, you know. Like we we haven't seen Spaceballs in about a month. Let's watch Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you you know you know the the entire movie by heart. And uh, I I just love the lines with uh, Colonel Sanders and Rick Moranis. Like I think yes. they're my favorite. They're back and forth and the little like puns, like throwaway puns and things. Like what's the matter, Colonel Chicken? Like those kinds of lines. Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, the breaking of the fourth wall. This is this is now now. <laughs> uh, but the the line that I chose was uh, "keep firing assholes," <laughs> and uh, I'm just gonna let the whole thing play out because it's it's. Careful, you idiot! I said across her nose, not, not up it. it. Cross eyed Sorry, guy. Sorry, sir. <laughs> Doing my best. <laughs> Who made that man a gunner? I did, sir. He's, He's my, my cousin. cousin. <laughs> Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. It's such Mel What's Brooks. his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. <laughs> and his cousin? He's an asshole, too, sir. Gunner's made first class Philip asshole. How many assholes <laughs> we got asshole. on this ship, anyhow? <laughs> Yo. Yo. <laughs> that helmet. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing, assholes! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Uh, such a great line hard to pick just one from that movie oh it really i mean that was i mean that was i mean we're we're in an era where i don't know that you could make mel brooks movies anymore but you're right we have the ones we do and they're treasures (laughs) that will live on forever exactly and i'm still waiting for a search for more money yes we're ever gonna get it but uh i hold out hope every 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 day that mel brooks doesn't show up on twitter uh, hashtagging because he's dead. <laughs> yes, I, I that hold will be that a... hope. But yeah, I I think that I, Rick Moranis owns Dark Helmet, so he really does. I mean, more than Lewis Tully, even I think. And I love everything Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters trumps just about everything. But uh, I love the way you know we we talked about My Blue Heaven and how he kind of got to play a little bit of a character that he doesn't normally yeah. play, a little more assertive. Uh, he's, he's pretty assertive in this too. Like he's kind of he an really idiot. Is. He's kind of an idiot, but, um, but he's like the least, he, he's like the least amount of idiot of all the space balls. <laughs> and he, get, and he gets to be a little bit of a bully too. Like he's, yeah. I mean, he's obviously playing the, the Darth Vader right. parody. Right. So he's the bad guy, Yeah. but it's like, it's still an, a lovable bad guy. So yeah. there's like, it's really a great role for Rick Moranis, especially to kind of show a little like, okay, I can be the lovable Right. Jerk. You can't just hate Rick Moranis, even no. when he's supposed to be a bad guy. Exactly. I bet she gives great helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's my number nine. What's your number nine, sir? Number nine. This is this is one that um I know my 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 dad and my brother and I, we use this one all the time. It's just it's one of those it's a line. I, I almost feel like this line nearly encompasses the entirety of the movie. And it's the 1989 Christmas classic, uh, Christmas Vacation. Yes. And <laughs> I mean, a lot, of, I, a lot of great lines to pick from. There's, it's another one of those movies that just chock full of fantastic dialogue um, from, from everybody. I mean, everybody has great lines. Beverly D'Angelo has great lines. Um, uh, E.G. Um, what's his name? Uh, Beverly D'Angelo's dad, you know, mm. so do washing machines. I mean, there's so many great lines from so many great characters. I mean, yeah, yeah you got Cousin Eddie with Cousin plenty Eddie. of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of the rise of um, Cousin Eddie, really. 
Yeah, and I, I almost picked a line from this movie. I'll, I'll reveal the line later, but I almost I the the one I had in my head that I I was starting with was if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't that's be more exactly than the one I almost picked. That, I that, wouldn't be more surprised. <laughs> and and that what I love about that is the fact that we both almost picked that same line. Yes. from the same movie. <laughs> Um, I love because, the way he delivers that line. Uh, it's so great. It's He's in shock. Such a, <laughs> a fantastic... I mean, it's such a Chevy Chase line, too, because yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. drenched in sarcasm. But oh, yeah. Eddie misses all of it. Yes. <laughs> um, but after Clark has his breakdown... And he's upstairs and he's talking. He's talking to Ellen. <laughs> yeah. And he's got the chainsaw. And she's like, yeah. Are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. We needed <laughs> we needed a coffin. <laughs> I mean a tree. There aren't any lots available. So I simply made do with what right. and so then he he leaves the bathroom and he's walking down the hall and he gets to the top of the stairs and the uh, little block's a little wobbly and he just stops and he fires up the chainsaw yeah. and it just spins off and he turns off the chainsaw. Fix the null post. It was and as it, if he saw a speck of dirt on the floor yeah. and he just reached over to pick it up. It was like, I'll just take care of this real quick. <laughs> it's a great and line. It just, to me, it just sums up the whole movie because it's just like, yep, I don't care what crazy things are happening. I'll just take a chainsaw to it because that's he's, perfectly logical. Uh, yeah. Everything has happened to him at this point. Yes. This, this he is has when Chevy it. is kind of at his best when he's yes. sort of manic and kind of off his rocker a little bit and he's no longer that harmless clark he's kind of yes, a little crazy now fully in control <laughs> he's a little bit of a psychopath yeah so oh, let's go ahead and play that line it's a quick one so oh. composed he's whistling yeah everything's fine he's wearing a huh. santa suit <laughs> fire up the old chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> just so definitive i love how like the post like does a little dance and then like has this yeah, it just spins song. off yeah it and just then just goes rolling down the stairs he's like mm-hmm. and so we like that's one like anytime anytime we're just kind of like matter of fact like oh took care of that yeah we'll, we'll, we'll it was like oh fix the null post fix the null post <laughs> so we just we use that one all the time and it's like i you know like it's short and sweet and yeah. there's so many other lines of this movie but this one to i would me, have also accepted uh, why is the carpet all wet todd <laughs> i don't know margo <laughs> i feel like that's uh, one that's come into vogue like recently yes you know Yes. I don't know why. It just maybe it's the fact that it's David Duchovny and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. Uh, as as the as the power eighties late eighties couple. <laughs> oh, they and they just and their shiny <laughs> jogging bickering. suits. Yeah, and their shiny jogging suits. Shitter was full. That, that's a great pick, man. That's a great pick. All right. All right. My final pick. It's 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 number ten. It's the it's the final pick. What are we gonna? What it's am I gonna final choose? Final countdown. Mm-hmm. I got. I actually have uh, two to choose from. I, I put 11 down here for some reason. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with this because probably only because I actually use it uh, in, in day-to-day. Uh, it, it, fit, it, quali- it fits the qualifications for my uh, my quotes. The other one doesn't. It just kind of made me laugh. So um, this is from the first Ted movie. Forget forget what year it came out. Um, you know... Mark Wahlberg is such an interesting, he's had such an interesting career. Yes. Um, you know, starting out, of course, as the 
reject Marky new kid. Mark. Yeah, he was the Wahlberg that didn't get to make the fu- the new kids. Just, and the he, Funky Bunch. He, he he joins the Funky Bunch and becomes famous, and he's an underwear model. And then, you know, he's in a couple little movies that weren't horrible, like Fear and those kinds of things. Then yep. he got. Then he was in um, uh, Boogie Nights, and yep. Somebody they he tapped into his humor potential in that movie. He's best when he's like kind of taking himself really seriously. Yes. And it just comes he's got across, that like, stone face. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of the lines in the both both Ted movies really, like he he's so hilarious. Like he he can be the funniest dude in the world. Uh and and um Seth MacFarlane really uh tapped into that. Oh yeah, with with his with his and it's it's amazing too because he's he's doing it opposite a a prop. You know, he's not even really yeah. acting against anybody. I'm sure like Seth was there doing the voice off camera yeah. or whatever to, but to still. work off of. But th- this scene is doesn't even involve Seth. This is a scene with um he and uh, Mia uh, Mila Kunis, Mila Kunis, who who is also really excellent. Another another actor who really yes. benefited from Seth MacFarlane. Uh, family guy and all that. Uh, but this, this is a scene where they're just having this like casual dinner and Mark Wahlberg rips one and Mila kind of calls him on it. And they're like, I wonder who it's going to hit first. You know, like the fart smell. <laughs> and there are these like business guys on a table. And it's anytime like I'm in public and I smell a fart, I, I repeat this, the whole thing. Well, not the whole thing, but you'll. <laughs> Did you really yes. fart? Yeah, but I push it that way with my hand. I wonder who it's gonna hit first. So if I told him once, I told him a million times. These numbers do not, do not add up. Who did this to us? God damn it! I'm here on business. It's such a goofy lie. It's such a one-off. A lot of my, a lot of my quotes have just, if you've noticed, have been from like these just side actors who just these throwaway lines when he kind of gags and chokes and he's like who did this to us <laughs> god damn it i'm here on business <laughs> that's such i need to go back and rewatch those the first uh, one is far and away better than the second one but the second yeah. one has some pretty fantastic it, moments. it does have some second one, but the whole stuff with like flash gordon like there's this whole like six or seven minute long scene with where he, they party with flash Yes, it's it's so funny, it's so good, and uh, I, I was a little disappointed by the sequel. Um, you know, they they had a great idea and they made it work in the first one, and they had just yes. enough in the tank to make a sequel. And there are some there's some fun, really funny scenes in the second one too, but the first one feels more like the movie. You know, like the second one is just kind of yeah. like them farting around in a movie yeah. for a while. But, the uh, Liam I, Neeson thing with the tricks oh is f- is unbelievable. Yeah. It's like a Family Guy episode. It's just like yeah. a series of random sketches that some of them work. Like I like the scene where like Flash comes out. It's in the beginning where they're getting married. He's like, I just did a line of coke with a guy in the party. And I bet you can't guess who it was. And the camera like pans over. And there's just like a bunch of people casually dining. Like they're just having dinner conversation. <laughs> but then there's this guy who's like jumping rope furiously. <laughs> and he like turns and punches a guy and then jumps out the window. <laughs> <laughs> This is really funny. Was it was it the first one or the second? I think it was the first one, where where uh, Mark Wahlberg and Ted they're like, let's go down to the let's go down to the improv and yell. That's the second one. Yeah, the second. Okay, I couldn't remember. It's like uh, we need we need a 
We need an event. We need it. Nine eleven. Nine eleven. And we need a person, Robin Williams. <laughs> and then they said something at the end, like Bill Cosby. And then yeah. the improv guy's just like, "You guys are monsters." I I heard a coffee shop. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Nobody said Nobody coffee said shop. That. Nobody said coffee shop. But it's like again, it's like such a it's such a Family Guy thing because leading up to oh. that scene. Uh, I think something like good goes their way. They're like, are you thinking yes. what I'm thinking? You mean let's go down to the improv shop and yell out <laughs> yes. horrible like suggestions? <laughs> and Bob was like, fucking A. <laughs> and they're just so excited. And they sit on opposite sides. So they're just, the, these are just coming from random places. They really are. And it's so good. It's I love so the fact good. that you can't even see them. It's just darkness. Yes. <laughs> Knowing 11. <laughs> No, the Ted movies are really, really funny. But they really yeah, are. Who did this to us? I'm here on business. Those guys. I'm here on business. <laughs> They're so disgusted, oh. horrified. I need right. to rewatch Th- those. That wraps up my ten, sir. You got one That's more to go. Ten. All right. This is one. Uh, my last one because we were just we were talking about this not too long ago. Because I um, I don't remember what the reasoning was, um, and because we've we've been talking about. And at some point, would like to do a uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode with, with like Matt. With yeah, let's. Do yes, a, we'd like to bring Matt back and do another d- profile on director evolution of Quentin Tarantino yes. type movie. And yeah, Tarantino because Tarantino is another one of those because he's got nine films. Right. Um, the catalog are, are, is is compact. It's yeah. It's not like you know you're not talking about oh this guy's got forty five films. You, it's like nine films, and there's you know you could see some real progressions and. And things, and so for whatever reason, I just kind of went through and I, I just rewatched. There were, I think there were, I well, no, I'd never watched the second Kill Bill, and I still haven't watched Death Proof. I still need to watch Death Proof. I like but, Death Proof. I think uh, that's one of the ones that because I mean it's not a whole movie; it's part of the um, uh, yeah the grind house. Grindhouse, yeah, so yeah. it's not like a whole feature film. It's just yeah. like it's like I wonder what the length of Death Proof is. It's it's maybe what an hour, ten minutes, or something. It, it's not that long. It's not that long. We can find out. Yeah, we could. But I I dig it. If nothing else, as he gets Kurt Russell into the fold, and he's one of those directors. So he gets a guy in in one of his movies. Uh, he finds parts for them from forever. <laughs> and I dig that about some directors. Yes. Um. And and Kurt like that, that's one of those things I think. You know, like Kurt Russell, um, when you think about going all the way back to the 60s, like you had mentioned, I think, earlier about his clean-cut Disney image. Mm. I mean, like, he has reinvented himself so many times. And yeah. even today, it's like he's still a relevant... Like, there's Remember things when he was an action star for a few minutes? Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to see... I mean, I'd love to see him come back to, you know... I mean, even though he's... I don't even know how... He's got to be in his, what, 60s? He looks super, point. super old in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it could also just be like the era, you know? Yeah. People looked a little bit older than they were. But I would, I mean, he's he's still, to me, he's still got, um, he's got gas in the tank. He was born in 1951, so that makes him. He's still got the hair, baby. 69. He'll be, he'll be 70 next year. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. He doesn't look like a 70-year-old. No. Um, doesn't but, have the so, energy of a 70-year-old. I, I was going through and. I you know probably of the nine movies I would say it, it feels weird to say it's the most iconic but I, I think it really probably is is Pulp Fiction it's not my favorite of all of his movies but I think Pulp Fiction probably gets 
uh, could could get the award for most iconic. Yeah, I it's think not, so. I think so. It, I think it, it's what I think it's what defined what a Quentin Tarantino yeah. movie was. He uh, Django is my favorite of his movies. Um, That's a great one. Uh, and I think we because we are Django and uh, Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Those and I think those you are know his two best my favorite movies. movie last yeah. year. And and because they're both so really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my it's what's funny is even though Django is my favorite movie and uh, Christoph uh, Waltz in that in that is my favorite character in that movie. He's great. My really, favorite. Really good. My all my all time favorite Quentin Tarantino character, and he's only I mean he's only in the movie for a few minutes is Winston Wolf, played by yeah. um, Harvey. He's Keitel. in it as fast as he operates, and he's out. Yeah, <laughs> and it, I mean, like and it, it's just like I I don't know what it is. He like the shows up in a Miata or a Lotus yeah. or something like little yeah, sports just car. This, I mean, and he's just like this. You know, he's he's moving, he's shaking, he's he's getting stuff done. It's right after. Um, He's like wearing a Jules. tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, because he's because he showed up the next morning. He'd been out, you know, partying, right? At a casino, doing all you know benefits. He's a whatever. fixer. That's what he does. He's a fixer. He's, he's the and, uh, he's the fixer. He's the fixer. Winston Wolf is the fixer. You call him when something goes wrong. Yeah. And so this is it's right after Jules and uh, uh, Blue and Blue Vincent. Off. Yeah, they, was it Marvin? Marvin's head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there's there's blood and brains all over the cars. Like, oh, we got to get off the road. Yeah. And so they call in Winston Wolf. And he's he's barking out orders, and he's like, "All right." No, they uh, show up at gonna, Quentin Tarantino's house too. Yeah, they show up at Quentin Tarantino's house, and they have the little um, they have a little conversation about the yeah. coffee, which yeah. I love. Yeah, yeah, I just I love that do. little bit of dialogue. I know, I know my coffee's good. I, I know my coffee's good. <laughs> I buy the coffee. <laughs> yeah. My wife buys the shit. So when I buy the coffee, I buy the good stuff. And it's, like, it's just just one of those little Quentin Tarantino things. That's just yeah. it's this little attention to detail, but it's just such a great line. But. It is. Uh, so he's he's got he's got he's all right, you two go clean up the car. I'm gonna go with Quentin and we're gonna get this figured out. And he's he's about to he's about to leave and and Vincent just goes, A please would be nice. Yeah. And it's kinda of, everybody's just kinda of like, like a petulant child. What what on earth is like this guy's gonna save our ass and you're sitting here saying a please would be nice? Right. And what I love is in his Winston Wolf kind of way, yeah, he doesn't just like he start, he starts to threaten like I could just leave if you want. He's like no 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 they right, calm him right. down, right. but he's like he turns he's he a turns back to him. he's a consummate he's a professional. professional yeah oh yeah and so he has he has his little line that he 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 explains why he's as quick as he is, and then he just retorts back to to Vincent and he and he goes on his way and I just it's my favorite piece of dialogue from the entire movie for right. my favorite character in all of Quentin Tarantino's let's play it listen I don't mean disrespect okay I respect you. I just don't like people barking orders at me, that's all. If I'm curt with you, it's because time is a factor. I think fast, I talk fast, and I need you guys to act fast if you want to get out of this. So pretty please, with sugar on top, clean the fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> I just, pretty please, with sugar on top, clean the fucking car. Harvey Keitel, man. Oh, it's just, it's such, such a great quote. And it, I mean, just the way he nails it, I, like, I don't know. It's one of those like I could listen. It's the same kind of thing. I could listen I, to him. How do you even give him direction to do that? Like he just had to do that. Yeah, I think I think it's just like, hey, Harvey, just this is you who just you be are. Harvey Keitel. Just like, be the Harvey. most awesome Harvey Keitel you could possibly yeah, just be. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> just be yourself on on camera and tell these guys to go clean the fucking car. Yeah, he, he that he, that's a great character. From I agree, that's probably Quentin Tarantino's most iconic. It's it's what made him rich yes. and famous. Uh, you know, Reservoir Dogs was, of course, his first 
yep. big, you know, I guess movie you'd say, you know, it had like Harvey Keitel and, and others, you know, like big actors, like indie, indie actors. I don't want to say big, yeah. big actors, but this is the one that got like, you know, you got your Bruce Willis, you got your return of uh, John Travolta, who gives like the performance of his life. Yes. You got the, not the debut of Samuel L. Jackson, but basically the debut of Samuel L. Jackson is everybody knows him. As, yeah. As, as a character that everybody can relate to. Ving Rains, I mean, just the list goes on and on. Uma and Thurman, on and on. yeah, Uma Thurman, yeah. The the not maybe not the introduction of her, but but like everybody became a star from this movie. So Eric I think Stoltz, Eric Stoltz, who was already kind of famous before that, but he certainly but even more famous afterwards. Wasn't one of the Arquettes? Um, was uh, it? a couple of them were. Okay, okay. Patricia Patricia Arquette was uh, Eric Stoltz's uh, girlfriend. That's who I was um, thinking of, and. Uh, Alexis Arquette, um, who's, uh, she, she was the, um, the boy George in, um, the wedding singer. She, she, oh. I forget who, I forget what her name was when she was a man, but, um, really? okay. when, when he comes, when, uh, when Vincent and, um, and Jules, they, they have their miracle where he, the guy comes busting out, he just shoots. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. That, that's who would eventually be. I forget what his name was when he was a man, but he's Alexis Arquette. Oh, the kid, the kid who comes out and shooting that, the that's... kid who comes out shooting the gun. Ah, okay. Okay. And totally misses him. Cool. That was, cool. he was an Arquette too. Interesting. Yes. That's, that's a great line. Great character. I, I, I remember loving this character too. Like when, when I first saw, Pulp Fiction, just like everybody else, and was blown away. It's like one of those flicks where people would talk about it constantly. Yes. And uh, then you're like, well, now when I finally see this, it's not going to be what people say. But then you, you're watching and you just can't turn, you can't blink. And, uh, and it, by, yeah. by the time he comes along, which is more towards the end of the movie, you're just, you're, you're so exhausted from the ride. And he just, he just, he just delivers that so well. He's just like this little breath of fresh air. You yeah. just get this quick little whiff of Winston Wolf. And another another thing about the character too, there so many so many aspects of the movie is like things are going horribly wrong for all yes. the characters. So when the Winston Wolf comes in and he's just like the fixer and he everything he his plan is executed perfectly. Yeah, everything goes right. And it's kind of like that moment in the movie where you're just like shit's gonna be okay. <laughs> it's gonna be all right, guys. And yeah. I, because it's I mean the thing that's funny to me is like there are there I mean especially from. Uh, I mean, you talk about um, Ezekiel twenty five seventeen, you know, hugely quotable line there from uh, Samuel Jackson. Um, there, I mean, there's a number of quotable lines from Samuel Jackson in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's one of those like in a movie that is ripe with plenty of quotable lines and memorable moments. It's it's it oh, it kills me because like this really genuinely is my favorite favorite line, favorite quote, favorite character from the entire movie. It's a fantastic movie, but it's just, for whatever reason, that Harvey Keitel for the four minutes he's on screen just does it. Yeah. He, he didn't get, he didn't get a whole lot of time. No. And he's competing with like the two stars plus the director. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's, and he's just perfect. Winston oh shit. Wolf. You know, you know who we forgot to even mention. We were talking about all of the, uh, all of the, the big, names and the actors and like the the career like the career turning performances uh is christopher walken <laughs> oh yes it, it the five long years the he watch. wore this watch yeah that, that monologue is just you know he 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 was just, up until this point he was known 
for being like a one of the top notch dramatic actors. And yes, he's delivering the line completely walking esque. You know, he's not oh, totally. He's not really walking, but it's so absurd you can't help it. It just becomes like a huge comedy note. Yes, when when it gets to the end, <laughs> he's talking about Hulk keeping it up his ass. <laughs> Five long years, I wore this watch up my ass. Oh yeah, that that was one of those turning points I think for Walken. Like there's there's the whole Wayne's World two thing, and then that you know like Wayne's World two strictly a comedy. That this this was just funny because it was so so circumstantially uncomfortable and yes, you know just like you're you're just holding your breath for the next line, and he he just when he says that I lost and it was it. it was just this innocuous piece of. <laughs> background data that you didn't even need no it was just like it was the watch that's so important to bruce willis's character right. and it's just the explanation of here's what you didn't, the watch is you really didn't need it but it so no. perfectly explains why it's so important to bruce willis like oh this is why the watch is that important my okay. my dad's best friend in the war held this in his ass so that, for five years <laughs> so that it wouldn't be taken <laughs> so yeah that's that's messed up all right, those are our twenty so quotes. It. That that was a, a doozy. That was a nice it was a long doozy. Uh, I, I guess uh, it, it well was going to go pretty long because not only did we get to mention the quote, we got to talk about the movie, which is always kind of like my ulterior motive for like doing yes. these, mo- these like moments. Uh, you you do get to kind of talk about the movie in a vacuum a little bit. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, that's all we have. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. Had a good laugh. Uh, I maybe, did as well. Maybe next time I'll go. I'll go all inappropriate horror. Like I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe not comedies, but um, just inappropriate lines. I don't know. Just really. I'm gonna go really dramatic. <laughs> really dramatic. Just really dramatic lines. Just for horrif- every single horrifying lines. <laughs> yeah, you, like you, that would that would have been that would have been really great if you would have picked like ten really upbeat, super funny. Just <laughs> you know, of just all, all of these classic lines from great comedy movies. And I was like, yeah, this is another one. Um, this is when the boy first learns that he has cancer. And <laughs> and just everything this, was a total this is this, this is when Tom Hanks learns that he has AIDS. <laughs> yes, this is this is the moment when... Uh, this is the bathhouse scene. I'm going to bring things down a little bit. Uh, this is when the baby dies. <laughs> this oh, is when the baby dies. What? He picked a scene when a baby dies? Oh, Why would God. he do that? Oh, I don't want to listen to dialogue from a dead baby. I saw he... <laughs> Oh, I saw Heat. <laughs> Want to talk about it? No, loser. That was like six years <laughs> that was like ago. Six years ago. Oh shit. Well, for for Cinemasters Universe, I've been one of your hosts, Ron Avis, and I've been your other host, Adam Peters. We'll see you next time. Yeah.